Hello again, everybody. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. I am your host, Felipe. That is my co-host over there, Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this morning? I'm making it. I'm, I'm Allergies bother me, but hey, we're going to make it, and I'm going to use my little cough button over here so the recording doesn't sound like shit. All right. Well, we've got a couple of people already joining us. There's Jacob. There's Angel. Yes, we're here early morning because I got things to do later this afternoon, so let's just get to it. We got a lot of traits to cover. See how many we can cover in quick manner. The first one up is Garrett Clevenger, 28-year-old relief pitcher, going to the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, solidifying that um, uh, bullpen there. Uh, high strikeout rate, high walk rate. I don't think we need to talk about him. He's already 28. The guy I am really curious about, though, 18-year-old Herman Tapia, uh, right-handed uh, outfielder, 6'2", 170. Uh, right now with the what, – what, I forgot what the DSL stands for. Uh, Dominican Summer League. Oh, we got one of those kids. All right. Yeah, uh, a, a teenager that hasn't even made his stateside debut, you know. Well. Classic. <laughs> well, so far in uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays, Dominican Summer League, walking more than striking out, but it is after only 100 plate appearances in 26 games, but it's doing pretty good, pretty well. Uh, anything, I mean, I know it's the uh, it's a DSL. I'm, I don't expect you to know much about this kid. But is there anything else we need to discuss about him? I just think it's the fact that it's two teams, the uh, Dodgers and the Rays, that it's like, what do they know? I, I think Clevenger will be really good in Tampa. Yeah, you know, they'll the, fix the, his walk issues. The, the big lefty throws hard. I mean, uh, but yeah, the other, I don't know. It's just very interesting. It, that seems like a trade that would have gone like, Clevenger would have gone to LA and Tampa would have acquired the 19 year old, but you know, yeah, that is weird. You're right. But you know, Tampa has a way of, um, of getting these, uh, high, uh, high upside. Not, not, I'm not gonna, wait, that's the wrong word upside. No, but you're right. The, these guys with the interesting, um, uh, peripherals and stuff like I that. I mean, cause it wasn't really that all that long ago that the Dodgers acquired a relief pitcher at the deadline, uh, Josh Fields, from the Houston Astros Mm -hmm. and in return they sent a I think he was 18 at the time uh, a big first base outfielder prospect um, named Jordan Alvarez Mm -hmm. and uh, we know how that one ended up you heard it here first man Herman Tapia is going to be the next Jordan Alvarez okay Uh, let's not go that far that's That's not what what I said that's not what I said go pick up Herman Tapia (laughs) right now in a a dynasty league just do it what are are you even doing if Herman Tapia is not on your team which somebody said I think it was Andrew in one of the group chats I'm in with him he said Herman Tapia just seems like one of those generic uh, automated names from MLB the show when you're like in a franchise 15 years down the road because Herman Tapia that's two names that have been around in baseball like for a while uh you got domingo herman rymel tapia boom yeah, yeah, yeah. herman tapia yeah let's go yeah uh clevenger garrett clevenger 96 mile per hour fastball throws a lot of sliders so we'll see again the walk rate's pretty high but if anyone can fix him it's the tampa bay rays what if it's like it's just andrew friedman who remembers this herman tapia kid when he was like 12 years old like you know what? i want him back i, I've been I want you him back all, all, da, da, da. I've been scouting him since he was in sixth grade. God damn it. All right. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Anthony Misevich. Misevich? Misevich? Boring. Was, yeah, wasn't he at one point, though? Uh, how do you, first of all, how do you pronounce his name? I, I I, like I'm not going to even try. 
well, here's my best Polish. It's Anthony Misiewicz. 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 Because the W's, they pronounce like them v- like V's. Yeah. yeah. Misiewicz. Uh, at one point, this guy was a pretty decent relief pitcher. Not the best, but not the worst either. But uh, I guess that was ages ago. Oh, okay. Wow. I feel like he's been in the league forever, but I guess it's only been nope. since 2020. All right. Never mind. Yeah. Strikeout rates are low. So he'll fit right in with the Kansas City Le- left-handed relief pitcher. That's all it is. Left-handed re- actually. Okay, so there was more than just Will Smith that got traded uh, as a lefty reliever, but this one was <laughs> th- this one was boring. This is just yeah. Depoto needed money for a deal, <laughs> <laughs> and exactly he and like. he has more than enough relief pitchers. Well, that's so the thing. Uh, Kansas th- City, the the poor poor Kansas City team sends. Seattle, the slightly less poor team, some money so they can get better players. That's so dumb. I don't get it. But no, here it is, man. The most important player of all time. It's on the Mariners now. And it's cash Cash. considerations. (laughs) He he had a busy weekend. He had a busy week. Yeah. So, okay. So low strikeout uh, pitcher fits right well with the Kansas City Royals because that's all they do over there. (laughs) Uh, We have now a a Raynell Espinal pitcher going to the Cubs for Dixon Machado. So we know who Dixon Machado is, but is it worth talking and mentioning uh, Raynal Espinal here? No. I, I can't mean, even. A 30-year-old pitcher, no. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, no, right. He, he only has, like, two innings last year with, I think it was, like, some uh, Boston, Tampa? No, one of those teams. But, yeah, 30-year-old yeah. 30 relief pitcher. Um, well, actually, he started some games the last few years. That's um, all right. But yeah, just I mean, thirty years old and he's been in the minors, so whatever. Next up is uh, well, this is another uh, underwhelming trade. Yeah, so everybody only talks about the big name trades, but have you seen this uh, Harry Adrianza going to the Atlanta Braves shortstop? Uh, I think he's he plays he plays everywhere. He was with them yeah, uh, last old. year as well. That's what um, I thought. Yeah, yeah. He longtime twin, then went to the Giants, then. Was with Atlanta to end last year. Signed with Washington. Washington DFA'd him. That's got to be embarrassing, right? You're <laughs> yeah, playing for the worst. You're playing for the worst team in baseball, and you get DFA'd. But no, he ended the year. He had a he had that big double in the playoffs uh, in the NLCS against the Dodgers. Um, so uh, with Ozzy Albies out, the Braves looking to add a little bit of depth, uh, bringing uh, Aire Andrianza back onto the roster. Uh, Trey Harris was an interesting little prospect. Um, so a nice ad for Washington. I think that's pretty good value for them to get out of a guy that was, you know, DFA yes. material. A guy who doesn't, who could looks like he can control his strikeouts, but doesn't do much of anything else. And right now, uh, b- 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 238 batting average in double A for the, for the Atlanta Braves when he was with the Braves. 338 on base percentage, which is pretty respectable, but there's really nothing else here. Uh, nothing really to talk about in terms of his grades. Some some raw power, but 5'11", 220. Yeah, he's a pretty big kid, I guess. But already 26 years old. So let's move on to the next guy in the list. Scott Afros for Hayden Westnessy. This, so- this was the really weird deal to me. Why? Oh, because the, the Yankees went out and just absolutely massacred their pitching depth. Um, and this was the first kind of domino of that because Wesneski went, Waldachuk went, Jordan Montgomery went, and like Scott Efres is good. Like he's he's having a good year, sidearming kind of almost under 
almost underarm like Bradford. Yeah. Um, but I, to me, like I, I know that Michael King went down and that the Yankees were like kind of panicking to fill that hole. Yeah. But giving up with Nesky for Efres, a 28 year old side arming right handed relief pitcher seemed like even though Efres is good and has five years of control, that's where a lot of Efres's value came from was yeah. he's got five more years. See, you, but, that's the cost, man. I mean, but with <laughs> that's the cost. I, I, I just don't get it because, I mean, he's 28. Like yeah, we've, we've seen these side armors like. They're good one year, and then they get blown up the next. But he's proven that he can be effective. He's proven that he can produce in a major one, league level. One season doesn't prove a well, reliever. Two seasons now. Come on, man. Well, oh, he, he, he had like 10 innings last year. 14, but 60. Uh, okay, so 60 We'll round down. <laughs> 60, all right, so it's 60 innings, right? 60 yeah. innings of where he's produced a K per nine above 10. Really does a great job controlling the walks, which is... If you're a Yankees fan, that's all you really could ask for. You know, just add, uh, have a guy who has control out of the bullpen and who can uh, frustrate uh, hitters because he doesn't throw hard. He's He averages no, a 90 yeah. mile per hour fastball. I mean, he's a side armor. It's all about yeah. the deception and the angle and the slider. I mean, yeah, man, St- Steven Sishek, you talk, you're talking about, you're talking bad about these uh, side arm. I, I like, I like Sishek. Sishek uh, at least I, had like an elite ground ball rate. I don't like Steve Ciszek. I, I just thought he was overrated when he was here. But you know what? He survived. He's been in the league forever. You know who else has been in the league forever? Chad Bradford. Okay. Well, not I think Chad he was Bradford. A, I think he was in that movie too, right? He was in that movie we were talking about. He wasn't played by Chris Pratt, but he was a big part of the movie. He had that Southern accent and loved God. <laughs> so the starting rotation still looks pretty damn good for the Yankees with Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Domingo Herman. We just you just mentioned him earlier for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Frankie Montez and Jamison Tyone still a very good uh, starting but rotation. But there's no depth there. I mean, the fact that Domingo Herman has to be in their rotation for the last two months of the year is pretty damning for them. Well, he was a starting pitcher. He, this yeah, is, but this he's not. He wasn't here. a good starting pitcher. I don't know, man. He, he had a, what, like one good half season, like his rookie year. He had the three ERA, but I mean that was that was fifteen innings, and then I mean literally uh, from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty two, three hundred and forty five okay. innings, four point six two ERA. Okay, in twenty twenty in twenty twenty one, when he got back from the COVID and the whole um, disappear for a year and then come back when those allegations are gone. I mean, he had a pretty damn good season. That K per nine of nine, two point five. I guess we'll round up two point five walk per nine rate. Gives up way too many home runs. Okay, well, it's that's. I mean, like expected. a lot of home, like a lot of home runs. That's expected. <laughs> and he pitches at Yankee Stadium, but still, I mean, he does that. He'll be fine. Um, I know the ERA is really high, but he'll so, be fine. The peripherals are um, also damning, but. <laughs> In 2021, but there's some hope here. There's some hope. There's the guy who can strike out a decent amount of players and control his walks. He's already had four starts under his belt. Uh, but no, nah, I, I don't think it's time to panic just yet if you're the Yankees. Uh, I'm not saying panic. I'm just saying there's no depth. And there's, no, no, I mean, no, there's now nothing in double A or triple A of like your top pitching prospects that you had. They're gone. Uh, they are a non-existent. Well, you still got David Garcia, who is a former. I, I have you have you looked at Davy's numbers lately? No, I haven't. I just oh, remember he, that he was. He, uh, 
Oh, a top prospect. Yeah, of course everybody yeah, does. For, it, yeah. it was um, it's not been pretty. <laughs> the the it's, strikeouts are are gone. The the walks were always bad, and now they're worse. Uh, has a ten point three eight ERA and seven starts at AAA this year. And they also had two starts in Double A, yeah. where he did okay, but he did okay. He, yeah, he, he sucks. Well, he's still only twenty three years old. I know it's uh, a hell of a thing to ask a, a young kid like him to, "Hey, we're gonna need you in September." But uh, they've done it before with him, and that's where okay, a lot okay, of the okay, came okay. Up. And if anything, he's just a slightly a worse Domingo Herman. Slightly worse. No, slightly, uh, yeah, uh, no, no, I think he's slightly worse. Uh, no, I, I think he's just unproven, man. And I, th- I think all this shuffling has really messed him up, too. Like, he's in the big leagues one year or for one day, and then he goes back to the minors and he starts out in double A after getting into triple A. Now he's back in triple A. So it, I think it's, um, I don't know, it just doesn't look like a very good proje- uh, planning there by the Yankees. But, you know, we still have, it's still early August. We'll see how he does in AAA the rest of the month. I've always liked him. I don't know. He's actually, the, uh, he was activated off uh, AAA's IL just at the end of July. And mm-hmm. those last two starts have been made in AA. Okay. Which he's going the wrong way. And anytime you see a prospect doing this, um, it's kind of a red flag to me. Well, there's many ways to get back into the big leagues, man. I, I don't know. I, I mean, all hope is not lost. I mean, the fact that he's posted a 14K per nine, two starts in double A, what you said after injury. Is that what happened? Uh, yeah, it was a finger, probably blister. I don't know. I mean, he was out for most of June. Okay. Well, 14K per nine is still damn good. Even if you're coming back from injury, even if you're, you know, you went, you were at triple A, then you went back to double A, and then you went to the big leagues, and then you went back to double A, and then going back to triple A. It's a lot of movement, man. It's a lot of movement. Let's give the kid some time. He has a month to get his uh, things together. Um, hold on. Let me see here. I'm just looking at some things. Uh, no, nothing there. Nothing, nothing there. Okay. Well, the one thing I could say that's decent about Domingo Herman this year is that he only has a 57.6% outside the strike zone contact rate. That's a thing, right? That's decent. That's not bad. Yeah, let's, not- just, let's just look how much he gets dominated in the zone, though. So just don't pitch in the zone. Oh, okay. That's Duh. the that's the key to success. Paint we've the spent corners. Much, we've spent too much time on this one. The big one is next. Paint the corners. Now I'm just trying to figure out why all this. What's up with all this panic here with the Yankees? I mean, it's. I don't think it's panic. I just think it's a very interesting move. No, by Cashman. When, when, when you say things like they they got rid of all their pitching depth, they, their pitching depth is gone. Like that that does sound like people are panicking. I mean, I. And, and like, why did they do this? Why did they do that? And I think the whole idea is, listen, it's going to be the playoffs. You don't need four starters. You just need a guy like Domingo Herman to just, um, just hold it down. Just hold it down for the next m- couple of months or so. Just give us four innings, and then our dominant bullpen is going to get in there and, you know, <clears throat> just, just get in. <laughs> I mean, it's been so far, right? Clay Holmes has completely no, fallen he, apart. I, yeah, and uh, Chapman is Chapman. Michael King is gone. Uh, hey, Sky Efforts, though, he got the hold already doing his Scott, job. Yeah, he got the hold just for so Clay Holmes could blow it, right? Not, well, that's not his problem. <laughs> that's not his fault. He did his job, right? Yeah. And then they went and then they uh, went with Lou Trevino, which I get it. The, we talked about Lou Trevino yeah. before, about the peripherals being decent, despite the fact that all his uh, traditional stats are just god awful. Um, 
but yeah, they they went with Trevino and Chapman on Saturday. I don't know if, they, if there's another guy missing there, but um, well, let's take a look. So you can see, they got me curious. We were going to talk about certain players here, but now you got me really curious. So what I'm going to do here, Sean, I'm, I'm gonna, I just want to see because I thought that the Yankees. Oh, you know they were having they're having a great season, right? Remember, Fangraphs, yeah. Fangraphs at the beginning of the year, way back at the beginning of the year in March, rated them as the number one offense, the number one starting rotation, and the number one relief core by WAR by projected WAR numbers, right? Yeah. So pick a stat, any stat. What do you want to look at? Um, XFIP. Oh, okay. XFIP though, oh, I hate XFIP. All right, so here we go. I'm I'm ranking them, uh, sorting them by lowest to greatest. Yankees are number three still. Number three, uh, what, were we doing bullpen? Yes. The number three bullpen, according to XFIP, right behind the Mets and the Dodgers. Those are two really good teams, so you can't even say, oh, well, XFIP is a bullshit statistic. <laughs> well, two of the best teams in the National League have the best relief core in Major League Baseball this year. And then the Yankees are number three. Number four, the Cleveland Guardians. And to everybody's surprise, well, not everybody's surprised. I just realized my camera is shaking, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Running out of the top five are the Baltimore Orioles. So there it is. That This is a bullshit stat. No. <laughs> uh, really quick, uh, Hayden Wisniewski, a uh, big right-hander. Well, not too big. 6'3", 210-pounder. Comes with arm with a decent fastball. Really good slider, apparently. 60 out of 60 grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes with a cutter. Still working on that command, although the control numbers in the minor leagues are pretty damn good so far in AAA this year. Uh, and not in close to 90 innings, uh, the strikeout rate is low, but the walk rate is only at 2.81, which uh, is pretty darn good. ERA kind of matches the peripherals, although the XFIP is at 470, so there's a home run issue with him there. Uh, so I guess I'm assuming that the 470 uh, XFIP means that he is, his uh, low home run totals are fluky. Yeah, 0.90 home run per nine innings. So XFIP is saying, yeah, that's kind of fluky. He should- yeah, but consider okay actually this is the one that went to the cubs never mind i was about to say hey he's gonna get to pitch in the coliseum so you don't have to worry about that but wisniewski's going to the cubs so wisniewski could either allow a lot of home runs or allow very little home runs depending on when he gets to pitch it regularly <laughs> yeah and uh it looks like he's never have given up a lot of home runs here let me see and the experts have always been respectable uh he's uh he's a decent ground ball pitcher so that's a good thing but to me this guy screams uh, pitch the contact pitcher. We'll see. Yeah, how he he, he's kind of he's had some games where like he does strike out a lot. Um, and I think it, he's more of one of those like the sum of his parts. Like he kind of throws almost the kitchen sink at you yeah. to where you, you don't really know what's coming. And some games it's almost like a, a Chris Bassett type uh, where it's, you know, the, the fastball cutter and then you get a, a, a curveball. Then you get a, a biting slider. Uh, it, it's just a very interesting profile. I really like him. I, in Double A last year, he had some like great starts um, that I was really impressed with. Yeah, so I I, I think he just screams uh, to me. He just screams uh, mid rotation starter at best. So uh, good for pitching depth. But let's you know, I know that people get hung up on the rankings, and there was a, a controversy as to where exactly was his proper ranking with the Yankees. Uh, and I think I said Fangraphs had him at number seven, which and uh, Baseball America had him at four. Yeah. So let's just for the sake of argument, since we're using Fangraphs for everything, let's just stick with Fangraphs at number seven. Boo! That's, that's not too bad, but it's come on. Let's again. These rankings are dynamic. They're not. They're arbitrary you know. too. Well, at, not, at least we're not it, using well, MLBs, I mean, right? 
<laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're arbitrary in the sense that, you know, depending on who is uh, administering the rankings. Yeah, yes. you don't know where they're going to fall. Yeah. There's some use to it, but they're not the end all be all. All mm-hmm. right. While I load up these names now, my computer has decided not to uh, work properly. But yeah, you mentioned it. The Brewers and the Padres made a pretty big trade. Taylor Rogers, Robert Gasser, Estiori Reese, then Nelson Lamette goes to the uh, Brewers because they didn't want to pay Josh Hader. So Hader is now a Padre. So uh, the joke was that, well, because of this trade, the Brewers save about $4 million, right? Because I think Taylor Rogers is making $7 million this year and Hader is making eleven, and he's going to be a free agent soon. And wait, what's, wouldn't Taylor Rogers also become a free agent? Uh, Taylor Rogers, I think, is under control. Uh, let me pull up. Uh, he might be a free agent, though. Uh, yeah, he is a free agent. But you have to also look at this as, um, you know, this is probably the highest value for Hader. I'm, I'm sure the uh, Brewers weren't happy that he decided to just shit the bed the month of July um, and kind of dampen that trade value a little bit. Yeah. But um, I mean, this I was think- this was the time to move him because rental RPs don't net you as much, even if you are a Josh Hader type. But um, they move him with still yet another year left. Uh, next year um and then of course they they have the built-in replacement for josh Hader and devin williams who honestly might be better than Hader. he's not as exciting mm-hmm. he doesn't have the flowy hair but he could honestly if use as much as Hader was be better I, I i think that's a legitimate argument to have i don't know man you're talking about josh Hader one of being one of the most dominant Relief pitchers in the last, what would you say, four years at this point? I mean, I'd say goings ever since he entered the league. <laughs> I mean, from the, the moment he kind of just stepped onto the scene, uh, Josh Hader's been elite. Elite, right? And then Devin Williams, uh, you know. Has also been elite. <laughs> damn good. But, you know, he's also punched himself out of the playoffs, right? Didn't he break his uh, hand because he punched the wall? No, that was, uh, he was, they were, uh, I, uh, that was during the celebration. Oscar Yanoa was the one, I think, that broke his hand. I think uh, so, Devin Williams broke his hand celebrating. I don't think it was an well, e- Either way, I mean, he broke his hand being, doing something that's considered foolish. That, you know, you should be able to control your emotion. I mean, how do you break your hand celebrating? Uh, right here, maybe, high, maybe, let me look. You, you, high, you keep going. You, you high-five someone too much or too hard, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, who, let's see. So let's see. Okay. No, he did. He did punch the wall. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. okay. So my mine is still kind of sharp here. Um, yeah, I had to uh, restart my Google Chrome as uh, it, it's not been a good morning for me in terms of using that <laughs> Google Chrome machine. Um, so now I got to go back. Oh, there's a trade right there. So it's Robert Gasser. That's the way we're recent. Then also the Nussle already been released and now he's yeah. with Colorado Rockies. Colorado. Yep. All right. That's well, every, everyone's like, oh, why would they like Lamette was supposed to be a piece of that trade? Uh, there were some later trades that Milwaukee made at the deadline that we'll get to involving acquiring two major league relief pitchers, uh, which is where they were likely to put Lamette mm-hmm. that kind of forced them into a, a roster crunch. And so they DFA'd him and then traded him to Colorado. Okay. So we got we got to look at that, but I just got to let you know, man. Uh, I was listening to the Rates and Barrels podcast with uh, mm-hmm. DVR, Darren Van Riper, and um, you know Cirrus, and they that they trashed this deal completely, trashed it. So, and I have to agree. 
unless uh, I, have, I have not too familiar with Robert Gasser. So I'll, this will be the first time I'm actually seeing his profile. So let's take a look. Uh, 40 graded fastball, 60 slider, a high upside slider there. High up, uh, decent upside on the changeup at 50 top level grade. And the commands where it's at 35 out of 55, though. Uh, so it's he, a was having, he was having a good year um, in high for San Diego. Mm-hmm. You see that that K per nine. Yeah, yeah. I tipping see over 11 and a half K percentage over 30. Um, and he's a lefty. So, you know, they're and I know a lot of people wanted to jump all over this trade. Initially, when I saw it, I was like, OK. Um, but you also have to think that this is the the Brewers. They, they, I think they've earned the benefit of it out when they made they, they make trades like these. This is what they do. They make trades like when they traded Carlos Gomez to the Houston Astros for uh, Domingo Santana and a bag of balls of, of prospects, basically. Yeah. Uh, but you know who was in that bag of balls? I forget. Josh Hader. Okay. Josh Hader was in that deal. So when they make these trades and we feel like they got gipped or whatever. Uh, like Estuary Ruiz, he, he was the guy that had the 60 stolen bases in like 60 games down in the minor leagues, and he got called up for the Padres. But uh, they've sent him down. I think he could be an everyday center fielder going forward for them, which has really been a, a no, man. problem, you know, a problem position for the Brewers the last year um, and a half with Lorenzo uh, Cage uh, being you, old. You, you know what they call Estuary Ruiz on the Rates and Barrel podcast? What? They call him Tony Kemp. He's basically Tony Kemp. Oh, no. He's so much faster than Tony well, Kemp. They're saying that if he's, yeah, you mentioned center field, but they were talking about him as a left fielder. So as a left fielder, clearly the value goes way down because. No, you know, I, I think I think he's a center fielder. Well, uh, they I mean, mentioned they mentioned that he's a guy who doesn't hit for a lot of power. The ISO ISO is hovering. ISO power is hovering around 100, but a point one zero zero to be exact. Yeah. Uh, around there so they met there was like two guys that they mentioned that i mean he had 13 uh, left fielder. he had 13 home runs in 77 oh. games hey man don't exaggerate oh you're you're combining yeah yeah but but it, like in 2022 he, the, the like when he was in san diego i see nine home runs in san diego uh double a double a triple a oh i see it now yeah, yeah. there it is <laughs> so they were talking about the left fielders uh guys who uh, hover around the ISO power level of 100 and Tony, it's well, two players, right? And Tony Kemp's one of them. And when I heard that, like, man, I don't need that in my life, man. Why would you do this? But I if mean, he's a center fielder, I guess that works better than like, I, I feel like at minimum, this is like miles straw. And at best it's, um, I'll, I'll come back to me. I'll, I'll get you a better comp. Uh, keep going. Well, I mean, if it's uh, a guy with a low hit tool, raw power is decent, but the game power is not going to be there. And a lot of speed. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., man. Congratulations. No. <laughs> I think that might have been the other name they mentioned, but I know that Bradley's not a left fielder. But Well, I mean, there, there was like a pretty drastic change from pre-COVID Estuary Ruiz to post-COVID Estuary Ruiz last year. Uh, we saw the the strikeouts really come down. The walks stayed the same. And then coming into this year, the walks went up. Strikeouts came down even a little bit further. So he's definitely controlling the zone better. And uh, he's still just 23. I, I think he's a dynamic player. I, I, I could see 15 home runs a year at, at his peak. 
Well, I don't know. The trade to me, I mean, I'll, I figure Lamette, okay, well, if anyone can fix Lamette, it would be the Brewers. And then they went ahead and dropped yeah. him. But you, I, but, you know, he goes to the, uh, the Rockies. So obviously he had to, the Brewers had to get some pieces back. So eventually we'll get to it. But uh, I don't know, man. Josh Hader, still one more year of arbitration. I know that the arbitration is going to probably raise his price. And uh, like, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if San Diego flips him. Yeah. Probably, and probably just because better. like because their their money situation going into next year and we haven't even gotten to the the big doozy of a mall trade but yeah. yeah their money situation next year is they're in trouble yeah in terms and of like their free agents and who they all have now it's it's going to be interesting to see how they get through it and i and i believe that they'll get better better prospects there i said it <laughs> okay well gas okay. is okay if, i like if, gas you think, if you think so gas is okay i like you know, I like the profile I just saw there. Uh, Ruiz, I just can't get out of the fact that they basically got Tony Kemp according to the Rates and Barrels podcast. I'm like, man, if that's the case, that's a that's a thumbs down for me. But, hey, the stolen base potential is there. So I just, you know, if he's a center fielder, like you said, all right, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But if he's going to be left fielding, weak hitting left fielder, like that, I can't, I can't dig that, man. I can't do it. Can't do it. Won't do it. All right. Uh, Red Sox get Tommy Pham, and it seems like they just got older. And I'm looking at their roster resource lineup right now. Lineup's yeah. decent. It's not too bad. It's just weird because they are they're not going anywhere this year, but they still have a bunch of old guys in there. And I'm just trying to figure out what the whole point to this are. But clearly, this is a throwaway season. This is a failed season by them. Uh, they're in last place to the Orioles. They're two games behind. And uh, once again, my computer is just not having a very good morning this morning. <laughs> but uh, that was Tommy Pham. Uh, what was the next trade there? Because I'm, I'm uh, in the, the dark now. Yeah, the, the next trade was going to be the Yankees and A's, where the Yankees get Frankie Montos and Lou Trevino for J.P. Sears, Ken Waldachuk, Luis Medina, and second baseman Cooper Bowman. Um, once again, going back to uh, the, the Cubs trade that this – which was, I, I consider, the first domino of the Yankees just kind of pushing all their chips in for this year. Um, Ken Waldachuk, I think, was the best pitching prospect moved at the deadline because I'm not counting Gore as a prospect anymore, but yeah. uh, Waldachuk was posting some pretty impressive numbers, um, even behind the scenes in terms of uh, the people that have access to it. Um in like minor league hard hit rates and avoiding hard hit rates, um, just posting some silly numbers and with strikeouts in AAA as well. Um, in 11 starts, he had a K per nine over 13, uh, three and a half ERA. Uh, could do a little better to get the ball on the ground, but this is a guy who pitching in the Coliseum, uh, I think could really, you know, really kind of blow up. Uh, yeah, and I'm back. Um, you know me, I always like Frankie Montas, so I'm okay with that. I don't really see a problem there. Yeah, I'm worried about Frankie Montas outside of uh, Oakland. He's always had pretty mm-hmm. yeah, extreme yeah. splits while in Oakland. Uh, I believe this year they're like even more pronounced. Yeah, four uh, 4.8 ERA outside of um, the Coliseum. Yeah, and I get all that. I get all that, but still, I mean... It, it, it's not as bad to hurt as overall numbers. And I think it might be one of those. Yeah, I know that the Coliseum is humongous, but uh, it could be one of those things where maybe he just likes being home. He just, yeah. there's a routine there. That's not, he's not on the road. Uh, I know other players have mentioned that 
the difference is being being at home and being on the road. So, but I like this trade for the Yankees. I know that oh no, they gave up all their pitching depth, but it's now a very good, very God fearing lineup uh, starting rotation. I think if you're an opponent, you don't want to see um, uh, Garrett Cole and no six runs in the first inning. Garrett Cole, oh yeah, yeah, let's okay. go. <laughs> yeah, let's let's, pre- let's pretend that Garrett Cole isn't a, isn't a, a, a good pitcher here. And then you got you still got Frankie Montez, and you still got uh, I forgot who their second guy was. Um, oh man, uh, Nestor Cortez. Yeah, who's you know I've been waiting all year for him to for the bottom to fall out of Nestor Cortez, and all he does is produce and be effective and efficient. And he made the All Star team this year, and he's very uh, he could be very crafty, even though he doesn't have to be all the time, but. Yeah. You know, he likes to mess around with the arm angle and the uh, timing uh, mechanisms that he uses. It's the fun guy to watch. And yeah, so, and then Luke Trevino, we talk about Luke Trevino all the time. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I can see why Yankee fans are are, are like, oh no, where's our pitching stuff? Where, who are we going to call up next year? But listen, man, you know, <laughs> just, get to, just get to the playoffs. You're on cruise control. You're on the you're at the top of the league uh, division right now. That's I mean, sure, their their one through three is good, but I'm you're talking about relying on down the stretch the last two months, uh, Domingo Herman and Jamison Tyone combining for what twenty something starts. Mm-hmm. I don't like their chances in those twenty games. Oh, just on. not, just not at all. There, there's about ten games ahead of the Blue Jays. It's it's. Oh, I don't. I don't think that they they built up such a lead. I'm not worried about that. Then what's to worry about? What uh, we're panicking about things that it's worst case scenarios. It it doesn't make sense to me. You have two more months to go. Twenty games. You just said twenty starts. We've been doubting on. I've been doubting Nestor Cortez for about a good. I I haven't. I I always liked him. Okay, and he's proven that he can do the job. All right, so he's yes, and he's one of those three that are good. Yes, I know. I mentioned them to begin with. And then we got Jamison Tyone, who I also been waiting for him to, for the bottom to fall out. Like this guy should just be crumbling everywhere. And he doesn't. Every time I've been waiting for him to crumble, he doesn't crumble. So there's, there's your top four right there. And then Domingo Herman, he just has to show up and pitch four innings and then, you know, give way to the number three best bullpen in the league and just go over there. This isn't 2004 baseball anymore. You, we're not depending on these starters to go six innings. We just need them, these starters to just go. Four, maybe five innings, and then you get way to your. I mean, I'll, I'll mention this with Tyone. Um, 25 innings pitched in July, ERA over five, and his one start he's made in August, uh, he gave up five earned runs in only four innings. So, yeah, it's the oven flow in baseball, man. We talk about it all the time, you know, uh, one bad month can be a good month next month. I don't know. But we talk about it all the time. There's an ebb and flow to all of this. There's yeah, regression he, he, works both he, ways. He had a four and a half ERA in June, five in July, and we're sitting at a nine and a half in August. So, um, yeah, Jamison Tyone is your number four he starter, guys. Still has a three point nine six ERA overall this season. The big, larger sample size is better than the smaller sample size. We know that. I, I'm just saying there, there's a, a pattern uh, here. Yeah, I know that there's a trend that's not going this way, <laughs> but still, you know, it's still a 1.66 walk per nine rate. I mean, control is key. That's the reason why he's been so um, reliable overall. I know that we want to, we want to isolate this to two bad months, but overall it's still not bad. The peripherals are pretty dumb respectable. He's about to um, match his uh, 2.0 war from last year, if not 
um, uh, supersede that or over uh, exceed that. It's not the end of the world. And pitching depth, I mean, you just need some spot starters. I mean, how hard is it to find spot starters if you're a Yankees? You have all the resources. Go out and utilize <laughs> the ridiculous resources you have as being the number one team in all the land. But yeah, you're, I mean, stop with the excuses. I mean, I don't. It's the Yankees. I don't. I don't understand. What it's the, the Yankees. I mean, come on, just go into your big bag of uh, tricks and just. You know, like, well, big I, bag I think, of tricks, more like big bag of money. <laughs> whatever tricks, money. I mean, because yeah, they have the money, but they also have a really darn good farm system. And yeah, and they didn't have to trade all their best players either. That's the thing that's so damning about this whole thing that they they needed all these big name players to bolster the roster, and they didn't have to give up any okay. other big uh, name prospects. I mean, Wisniewski and Waldenchuk were pretty big oh, names. Would you okay, stop okay, with Wisniewski? Okay, okay, oh my God. okay, everyone's like, oh, they have a great farm system. It, yes, they have a good farm system, but they didn't give up any of their top position players. They gave up nearly yes, all of their are, pitchers. Those are better than the pitching prospects. I know, but they gave up nearly oh all. Oh, my God. Oh, my. shit. That's what <laughs> prospects are. They, they, the, the big okay, then why, are we, the, then why are we applauding them keeping their uh, not, their Anthony I'm, Volps or their Oswald Peraza's. Uh, uh, they should have just traded yes, them. They should have traded yes, them. Yes, yes, they should have, but they didn't. And you know what? If the, and if they fail again because they were too, it goes both ways, Sean. I mean, it's not one or the other. It goes both ways. Congratulations. Yes, you gave away your pitching. Pro- Who gives a shit about the fucking pitching prospects? All right, <laughs> they're the most volatile prospects of them all. Not okay. no, when they're in already in AAA. No, no, no. <laughs> Even if they're in AAA, once they get to the, we we've seen guys in AAA go up to the big leagues and do nothing. I mean, you're yeah, guy, and we've seen that from hitters too. Okay, but <laughs> let's face it, the hitters are more reliable than the pitching. I mean, we've seen your guy Thomas Chapuski. Chup- that's your guy, right? Was with the Mets. He got blasted on his one start with with, with the uh, in the big league. Club. Yeah, he, he was also playing against like the ultimate okay, like platoon there, it doesn't team. Fucking matter, Sean. It doesn't matter. It had it had it had, had it had not been a top. Had not been a top prospect in almost like four or five years. Okay, well, <laughs> either way, it, it, that's just volatile. Even the ones who are under the radar, who you're not supposed to expect much from anything, they're going to falter too. You don't know what to expect from these guys. But the ones that, you know, the ones they clearly, you could tell they clearly value were the hitting prospects. The hitting prospects are more uh, valuable I, than the pitching prospects. The I, pitching agree. Prospects I, are, I agree. Okay. I agree. I agree. So with that being said, yes. If they really wanted to, because I, I I agree with the Rates and Barrels podcast about the Yankees and the Mets as well, because the Mets also, I don't care what you say, the Mets also kind of shit the bet on the trade deadline too. But here it is, man. If you're the Mets and the Yankees, you're just supposed to go in there and just be a freaking monster and just get the players that you need to go for this championship run, right? And especially for the Yankees. You've been winning a long time, if you're a Yankees fan, for this to happen. And you, it's awesome. It's great. You didn't trade your prospects, but you guess what? We talked about it, Sean, right? 2017, Justin Berlander goes to the Houston Astros at the very last minute, which, you know, that's the way it was scripted by Rob Manfred, right? Not <laughs> the whole WWE is uh, baseball and baseball is WWE. But, you know, they went well, they went for the juggler. And I was going to ask you, who the hell did the Tigers get back in that deal for and, Justin Berlander? Oh, that the, the main piece was Daz Cameron, uh, <laughs> J- Jake Rogers, uh, the catcher. Uh-huh. Who had a little bit of promise before he he's I think out with Tommy John or something this year, but it was like the main piece was Daz Cameron. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, Daz Cameron, big name because his dad played baseball. But yep. again, to the victor goes to the guys with the guts and the and they get the glory, right? Yeah. The Yankees didn't. I mean, they did little moves here and there. They're not the worst moves. 
I mean, you get Frankie Montez and you get a reliever like Lou Trevino who has some uh, experience, even though he, we shit on him all the time on this podcast, but he, I always mention the peripherals are decent. It's just yeah. that he's not. I mean, there. I, I really liked Trevino that year that Trinan, you know, was like a potential Cy Young candidate. Like Trevino got slept on so much that year because mm-hmm. Trevino was the one setting him up. And then Trevino just was bad for three years because he always had kind of command issues that everybody overlooked. Like we're like, oh, we're not going to look at that. Like, no, then we'll move that to the side. But excuse me, the Yankees didn't want to trade their big pieces. They didn't want to trade Volpe. That's fine. Congratulations. Another year of hoarding your prospects. Yay. That's going to get you places, right? Because let's say, because as much as we shit on the San Diego Padres as well, not, not us in particular, because I love that trade with Juan Soto, which we're going to get to in a little bit, but people are shitting. You're giving away your future before the podcast. And I even posted about this. The Padres have been trying to build around their farm system for a while, and that did not work. Albeit, they they were building around very underwhelming veteran players like Eric Hosmer, Will Myers. But they still had their best pro- – in 2018, they had their best prospects up already. The Hunter Renfros of the world, the Manuel Margos of the world. Remember, they, we talked about well, it. Well, I'm just saying that the last time that the San Diego Padres traded all their prospects, it didn't work out for them either. Okay, but it didn't work out for them either to keep all their fucking prospects. It, 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 listen, there's more than one way to build a team, right? There's more than one way to build a roster, okay? Padres so, should have traded Fernando Tatis as a prospect. Boom. What, what was that? I, I said the Padres should have traded Fernando Tatis as a prospect then. Well, no, but, but, but here's the thing, though, because <laughs> this is what the Yankees are doing right now. Because not every prospect is going to hit, but you got to be able to figure out which prospects do you foresee being on your team in the future and which ones are going to be trade commodities. The Yankees made their choice, which ones are other trade commodities. The Padres made their choice, which uh, they've been making their choices as to which players on their farm system was going to be their trade commodities. And every single trade that they made, a lot of these prospects didn't do anything for their new teams. We're still waiting for Luis Patino to be a thing. Francisco Mejia's hurt again, and he wasn't that effective to begin with. Despite, despite the fact that Mike Zunino was hurt for the uh, entire year, Mejia didn't take that catching uh, role well, well, to the he, next he, level. He was actually doing pretty good, and then he got hurt first, and then Zanino went down. But he's so back he, now. He's back now. So. Oh, okay, so he's back. So he's going to go in and, and hit you, get you a 730 ops again. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, think that's being, I think that's being generous. <laughs> and then uh, the, the bat, and what's, the, what's his downfall this whole time? He's not a very good catcher, or at least a terrible framer at the very least. Oh. So you just got to figure out the Yankees figured that out, but I don't want to hear from Yankee fans. I don't want to hear from anyone. I don't want to hear from the Yankee brass that they failed short because they didn't have enough players on the big league level to get on that championship. They made their bed and now they got to deal with it. They did not want to trade their big name prospect. They're important hitting prospects. So now this is what we've got. I still say it's good enough to get you to October, but you know, it better damn work for them because this is another wasted year. You got Anthony, uh, sorry, Anthony Rizzo, uh, Aaron Judge, who's gonna break the Roger Maris record for the for the most home runs by a Yankee. Soon. You, think, you think he's gonna get there? It's hard to tell, but he's he's. I feel like he's on a good pace right now at forty three home runs. I know. Hey, I, have- I I just know in my thirty team league, I have both Aaron Judge and Paul Goldschmidt, and I am just <laughs> I am living up life right now. Oh, so you got the two best players in the baseball. Uh-huh. And Jacob DeGrom just came back off my IL. Trey Turner was acquired a month and a half ago. But how's your pitching depth? That's what I want to know. Oh, I, your, I, 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 have, I have DeGrom, Wheeler, Syndergaard, something the Mets couldn't do. Um, Gossman, and I'm forgetting somebody. 
So, oh, so this is interesting. I'm seeing that Fangraphs uh, has him projected to hit 15 more home runs. That doesn't matter which uh, uh, projection system you use. It's anywhere between 15 and 16 home runs. Uh, pick a projection system, any projection system. You know what? It doesn't matter. So he has 43 <laughs> home runs now, 15. That puts him at 58. That's pretty damn close, man. 58 home runs to finish the season is what he's projected no. to at, at this point. So we'll see. I mean, see like, I, I definitely see high 50s. That, that's kind of where I'm sitting at as well. Because I feel like he's kind of slowed down. Like, he had that torrid stretch of, like, 10 and 12 games or 12 and 14 games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, but we'll see. All right, next trade. We got three, three-way three trade with uh, Orioles acquiring Seth Johnson and Chase McDermott. Uh, and this one's pretty funny. The Tampa Rays get Jose Siri, which really pissed off our guy Vince. He's like, how the hell does, does do the Astros have all these low name uh, players that everybody wants, but here we have a damn good Miguel Andujar and some other guy for the, I forgot what the other uh, guy. Wait, is he trying to say Miguel Andujar has more value than Jose Siri? At the very least, he's saying oh, that, no. that, that oh, Andujar no. is crushing the ball in the minors. Oh um, no. And then uh, there's a second guy that he likes to mention in that, in that whole spiel. And I, I, I can't remember his name, but what, what the, what the hell is this whole Jose Siri do? That Miguel he plays defense. <laughs> oh my god, Vince, he's well, actually valuable. <laughs> <laughs> I think Duhar is not worth shit. I don't care what people say, he's not worth a damn thing. I think uh, Vince would say that. Oh, and Esteban Florial, I guess. Esteban and I'm Florial's going on the, I'm a, gonna go on the show with him tonight. And, um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be sure to give him a new one over that because that's ridiculous. Just, uh, you know, let him. Be sure to let him explain it because I I don't want to put words in his mouth, but uh, I think that's a lot of it is that well he he's doing good in AAA and Esteban Florial is uh you know the former. only been in, only been in the minor leagues for a decade. <laughs> like I no, say, like I wish I was kidding, but I'm, I'm I think we're approaching ten years for Florial now. Yeah, it's since 2015. Uh, he's <sighs> been yeah he was uh in there the first year was seventeen year old. So give him a chance, right? Hey. So- those 17 year olds, man, they're, they're the ones who break your heart. <laughs> but uh, Esteban Florial, uh, so far at AAA, uh, 14 home runs and 31 stolen bases. So there's some power speed combo, but it comes with the caveat that he will strike out 30% oh, of the time. A lot, a lot. I mean, just because Khalil Lee had a great year last year and was a former, you know, top speedster prospect, I, I was the one telling Mets fans Khalil Lee is not legit. He swings and misses far too much. He's not a major league hitter. Floral is the same way, and every time that they've called up Floral, it's been the same story. And then the Astros get Trey Mancini and Jaden Murdy. Mancini is already paying off dividends at this point. So, uh, I mean, where do we start here uh, in this trade? I get, well, you know what? Seth Johnson and Chase McDermott, uh, they're both two 23-year-old players. They were uh, once Johnson from the Rays, McDermott from the Astros. Always got to love these three-way trades, right? Yeah. But, Let's start with Seth Johnson, uh, who's currently a high A, 23 years old, so a little bit on the old side for to high To me, a. the best player in the deal. Really? Well, yeah. 13.67K uh, per nine, 3.67 walk per nine. With, with that, Those are pretty decent numbers. Uh, what's the report looking like? Fastball, slider combination, curveball still a work in progress, changeup still a work in progress. Command could be a thing, but still at 30 out of 50 at 23 years old, 40 plus uh, future value there. But you like him a lot, huh? I, th- I think he, and especially coming out of Tampa, like, you know, that this guy is going to do something. And it's, I, I trust kind of where Baltimore's going with Michael Elias now. Uh, but I just thought it was so funny 
that Tampa kind of threw themselves in the middle of this deal uh, with Baltimore, apparently, I guess, not liking enough of what Houston had in their farm system. Uh, and uh, like, I, I still feel like Tampa somehow comes out the winner here, even though like Jose Siri is, you know, bleh as a hitter. I mean, he's got legit power. He's a tooled up player in the minors, but it, the offense hasn't translated at the major league level. I know he had like that hot month last year when he first got called up and he had a bunch of home, a couple of home runs, but the, the defense alone with Kevin Kiermeyer out, uh, you can kind of slide him into some sort of platoon, I guess, with Josh Lowe. I'm not sure exactly how that situation's going. Oh, I don't right know. They want Josh Lowe at this point and gives him no, he, he, off his head. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke. I know that Josh Lowe's pretty bad. Uh, yeah. And um, so, yeah, the, actually, I guess Josh Lowe isn't on the roster. I thought I saw him no, on the lineup. No, I thought I saw got, him on the lineup. No, he got option back to AAA after he got I, I, I think that, I think that's always my problem is I see, like, on the ticker on ESPN or I see an alert that says low. And it ends up not being low. It ends up being Brandon Lau. <laughs> Lau or Nathaniel Lowe or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, he's been playing center field um, along with Roman, actually. Yeah, along with Roman Quinn. Quinn's been playing some right field as well. Yeah. I got wrestling um, on my mind. I thought you were going to say Roman Reigns. Like, what? No. Why is Roman Reigns on this podcast? Uh, Chase McDermott uh, is the other guy. Uh, throws right 63, 197 pounder again. Fastball slider, curveball is uh more refined than Seth Johnson. Changeup is still a work in progress. Command is nowhere near the upside of a Seth Johnson 40 future value. And so far, with the Astros, 19 games, 10 of them were starts. That's a 14.25 strikeout per nine, but a five plus walk per nine. So, control is a problem, as uh, it was mentioned up on there. 30 out of 45 command there with the grade. Um, yeah, so Seth John, uh, sorry, uh, Chase McDermott, that's Chase with a Y, not an S. <laughs> 20 again, another a, a, y, a YC, not just, yeah, there you go, yeah, YC, YCE, YCE <laughs> instead of an ace, uh, ASE. Uh, and then you mentioned Jose Siri already. I don't know if we need to do anything with him. Who's Jaden, Jaden, uh, Jaden, uh, Jaden Murray, um, is the other guy that the Astros got, and yeah, 25-year-old, he's from the Rays, starting pitcher. And while this thing loads up, ah, here it is, it's loaded up. Right-hander, 6'1", 190, fastball, big-time slider, 60 out of 60. Change-up is okay, not the best, and it's actually below uh, adequate. Commando, 50 out of 60 and a 40-plus future value. I feel like he's a relief pitcher, honestly. I don't just, know. Just kind of looking at it. And I want to say, like, I saw somewhere somebody had posted his splits. And it's uh he's a much better versus righty guy than lefty. I'd, well, I'd have to double how, check, but you know how it is with those guys, man. You got to give them a chance to fail as a starting pitcher to just. Uh, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, for pitcher. sure. Uh, I, I get that, I and mean, that's usually how it goes. Is it's like the same thing with shortstop prospects. They will keep them at shortstop literally till they get to the major leagues, and then they prove that they can't play shortstop. Uh, I mean, Glaber Torres, hello. Yeah, um, I mean, because, because like, that way, if you move them, you can uh, the, the shortstop has inherently more value. So. And not just that, but I mean, shortstop. Everybody asks, why are they? Why is X Team X drafting shortstop? They already have two shortstops. Where are they going to play all these shortstops? But and let's face it, shortstop players—they are the most versatile, the most athletic mm-hmm. players on your team. They could be moved and shifted everywhere. I mean, that was a big deal with uh, with the Cubs when Glaber Torres and Addison Russell won the team, and uh, there was another guy that I forgot already. It's, that's how old I am. Javier Baez. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, Javier Baez. <laughs> well, where are you going to play all these uh, shortstops? Where are they going to be played? You can't play all these shortstops. Well, then, but 
time. Turns out Javier Baez can play anywhere that he damn well pleases. And Addison <laughs> Russell was a really good fielding shortstop. And then Gleyber Torres uh, looks like he's a natural at second base compared to shortstop. I'm not saying he's the best second baseman of all time, but he's uh, he looks a lot more comfortable at second base than he did at shortstop. According. At least that's what the Yankee fans tell yeah. me. Huh? And so far, he's having a not the greatest of seasons. It, it, not, it's better it's than a, it was last year. Nice bounce back year for him. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that Murray, Jaden Murray, only played one game so far for the Rays at AAA. Was he hurt? Do you know anything about that? Oh, uh, Murray. Um, I just had his stuff pulled up too. Um, yeah. Was it one game? Yeah, I see. No, one game. no. Well, he he played in Double uh, A. Fifteen starts, oh, seventy-six innings. Uh, okay, okay. I thought. Okay, so yeah, in Double A, yeah, fifteen game starts. The strikeout levels yeah. went down as a twenty-five-year-old in, in Well, AA. yeah. I mean, I, I can't. I'm not going to even look at any of his per nine or ERA stuff over one start in Triple A. Uh, the Double A kind of looks more indicative of yeah, yeah, what he probably I mean. is, the, yeah, because uh, yeah, the, the low strikeout rate, but decent walk rate. So I guess he's working on his control there. But twenty-five at Double A, uh, I don't know, man. That's there's hope. There's hope. And, and he's yeah. with the Astros now. So if anyone yeah. can fix things, it'd be mm-hmm. them. Uh, okay. So that's that trade. Tampa Bay acquires Jeremy Walker for, I love this name. The Giants get some guy named Ford Proctor. Get your uh, Ford Proctor today. Ford Proctor's a, like a, a cool prospect. Um, the, the hit tool is a little suspect. He was batting 213 in AAA for Tampa before he left, but he was also walking 14% of the time. Uh, striking out close to 30. Um, Does he still play catcher? He's catcher, shortstop. He plays everywhere. Second base, shortstop, but mainly catcher and shortstop, which is like the uh, weirdest combo you can see. It's like very Isaiah Kiner-Falefa-ish. I was just um, about to mention that, but I see that this guy, uh, Fort Proctor, strikes out a lot, like a lot, a lot yeah. too. So, But he also walks a lot. So yeah, I, I, still think still... There, I still think there's hope for him. Uh, like in in Double A last year, he was two forty four, three eighty one, four nineteen. Um, which place that that play? I mean, if you're a backup, because the fact that he can play catcher and also third base, or not third base, shortstop, second base, something like that, that's versatile to a a, a team and a, a roster. And really, you just got to do like something offensively. If but if you can play all three positions, like I, he, that's a major league profile to me. Like it's not a, a good one, but it's a major league regular. Yeah, I'm going to have to pass. I'm not 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 digging this thing. Moving on to Jeremy Walker. Let's see, relief pitcher going to the Rays. So, yeah, the Rays were busy trying to bolster that uh, bullpen. 27-year-old, 6'5", 205-pounder. Fastball's good. Slider is okay. Curveball's a uh, work in progress, but still going to be okay. Changeup is not where it needs to be. The command, 45 out of 45, but 35-plus future value. Uh, let's see what did he do in the minors? Anything of worth no 28 game start? Not very uh, good. <laughs> okay, so, well, again, if anybody could fix it, it's gonna be the race, but it's yep. a work in progress still, at, even at 27 years I mean, old. You, so. I do see like the 390 bat up, and you know, San Francisco, the PCL, very hitter friendly. So, but I mean, really, for like his entire career, it's just kind of yeah, hey, if Tampa sees something, Tampa sees something. Oh, so. yeah. Oh yeah, so we'll see in a couple of years. He's gonna, he's gonna just be that. He's gonna start out as the opener, as as an opener for those yeah. bullpen games, 
And then the year after that, he's going to be Drew Rasmussen or Shane McClanahan, right? That's what's going to happen, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Guaranteed. Emmanuel Valdez and Will Wilerk Abreu, two 23-year-olds from the Houston Astros, going to the Boston Red Sox for Christian Vasquez, who apparently was not aware that he got traded. Yeah, he was still taking a BP in the, uh, in the cage. I and saw they, that clip. And, and then they pulled him from the cage, and, you know, he went and he talked with all his teammates and – then he was talking to the reporters outside the Red Sox dugout. And then like the, the guy from the Red Sox like pulled him and was like, we got to go. Cause they were in, <laughs> they were in Houston. That yeah, was the, yeah, that was, Houston. that was, it's like, Oh, uh, the, I don't think Houston activated until the next day. So he couldn't get to play against his team the same day. That would have been fun. Um, like, the, like the money ball scene. I don't want Rincon pitching against me tonight. Send him over. <laughs> uh, Yuri Perez just got picked up by Steve Carey. Um, why does that name sound familiar? That's the big six foot eight, six foot nine starting pitching uh, the monster from the Marlins. Yeah, okay. he just had a bad outing, but he's like he's crazy good for how big he is and how like repeatable his motion is. Great changeup, great velo. I, I really like him. Okay. Uh, Emmanuel Valdez uh, bats left, throws right, five nine, one hundred ninety one pounders. Second baseman can also play third base. Uh, decent hit tool. Uh, game power is also there. Raw power is so both of them are at 50 grade, which is kind of surprising to see from a 5'9 guy. Um, fielding though is disappointing 30 out of 35, but he does have a future value of 40. What did he do with the Houston Astros this year at Triple A? 23 years old, 10 home runs, uh, doesn't didn't walk a lot, but he 16.8 strikeout per uh, strikeout rate is not too shabby and uh, respectable uh, triple slash line. What, what what kind of a hitter is he? He is where the hell did it go? There it is. Uh, so uh, fly ball. He's been trying to lift the ball more this year, Sean. 40.5% fly ball rate. Anything else you got about Emmanuel Valdez? Not much on Valdez. Weiler Abreu, the other player in the deal, had a near 20% walk rate with Houston's double-A affiliate this year and had a near 400 on base. So, That's right. 23-year-old cool. lefty outfielder, six foot. Uh, the hit tool isn't there. The game power and the raw power is where the uh, intriguing is what's intriguing about him. I should say 50 graded speed. So we might have a power speed combination. And, and yes, I, we do. I think this is interesting because in 2021, he was 10 for 21 in stolen bases, which is uh very, very bad. And really his entire career was like that. And he was getting caught just as much as he actually stole bases. But in 2022, he is 23 for 24. There you go. There, there you go. go. They taught him something. Development. Him development <laughs> and uh yeah it's strikeout rate has been uh hovering around a little bit over 25 percent. but he also this season at the very least uh he has combat that with a close to uh, no it is a 19 percent walk rate so it, yeah the so this is uh prime you know prime houston astros player right here so we'll see but i'm i'm excited for this guy uh uh weiler abreu remember that name power speed combination who is able to walk as much as he strikes out. And then, of course, we know who Christian Vasquez is, who uh, he's a new starter, right? No more Martin Maldonado as a starter. Uh, I don't know how they've been playing that out. I would assume so, but, you know, they have a thing with Martin Maldonado. Yeah, it's like every time you think he's gone, he comes right back and with a well, vengeance. It, it, and it was like, you know, uh, yeah, right now, Roster Resource has Vasquez on the bench. Um, but, like, I saw a tweet about Sandy Leone, who was also moved at this deadline. And it was from like Chris Sale talking about him. 
And he was like, I never had to look at a scouting report. I never, he said, I would just, all I had to do was worry about uh, looking at Sandy behind the plate. He put down what pitch I needed to throw. And he said, and I trusted him completely that Sandy was so prepared knowing the other hitters and their weaknesses, their strengths, whatever, that all he had to focus on was pitching. And it kind of made me think that this is maybe why guys like Martin Maldonado and Austin Hedges, like these guys were great defensively, like arm-wise and framing-wise earlier in their careers, but now they're getting a little bit worse, but they still get chops. And I I think that this is why. So like it, it kind of explains the whole oh, this team like has a terrible catcher. Like, Why do they keep playing them? Because it's working. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you go look at all the success Houston had. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you had uh, Brian McCann, who wasn't even really catching at that point. He was more of just the DH. But Martin, Mar- Martin Maldonado was still there. And it, I, I don't know. I, I feel like everyone's like, oh, we need more offensive from our catcher position. If you have offense everywhere else, you can live with a Martin Maldonado. I mean, the Astros have one yeah, of the best records yeah. in baseball, and they've had Maldonado behind the plate for basically all of it. And then uh, we talk at the opposite side of the spectrum with Salvador Perez, who has now uh, become a designated hitter. And why aren't the Royals pitchers uh, developing fast enough? Do we blame Salvador Perez for that? Well, I guess not because MJ Melendez. Well, no, not even Melendez uh, anymore because now he's playing all over the place. Right, but... yeah, he's been playing right field. But what has he done to improve the, the the rookie? We're expecting a rookie to fix all these problems, right? But what has he done as a rookie to fix the Royals' rotation problems? So yeah, so it, Perez has actually started at catcher four, no five out of the last six days. Okay, that's a yeah, that's something that sounds about right because I saw Melendez uh, play right field. I'm like, damn, this yeah, guy yeah, plays he, everywhere he, too. He, he's been playing a lot of outfield. Hmm. So Angel um, has been busy on the chat. Um, oh, well, first of all, I gotta go. Melvin saying we're talking about Melendez. Melendez, Melvin is saying Melendez is gonna be done catching next year. You mean Perez? I have to assume it's Perez, but maybe, maybe yeah. he yeah. expects. <laughs> well, I don't know, Melvin. Maybe he thinks Perez is gonna go back to catching and that oh, this God. DH thing is not working out for him, even though the, the numbers show that Perez's catching isn't working out for him either. All right, uh, Angel has some points that he wants to make. He wants to point out that Nestor Cortez, we talked about him earlier in the podcast, has been carrying. Uh, his fantasy team all season long. Melvin corrected himself. It is Perez. He's done catching okay. for next year. We'll uh, Salvador Perez, first baseman, right? <laughs> or no, they, no, they, they have Nick Prado. They got to play Nick Prado at first. And Vinny Pasquatino, hey, at, at DH. I'm telling you, like Perez is gonna like he's he doesn't need he doesn't need to be catching, but he's gonna stay catching, and it's gonna piss me off. Salvador Perez, future third baseman. Bobby Witt uh. goes back to shortstop. <laughs> Mondesi play center field. We got to do this because Salvador Perez is so damn important to this team. While he uh, where, else, where else can we get home runs in a sub 300 on base? Sign Javi Baez. Trade for Javi Baez. Trade Mondesi for Javier Baez right now. Oh, uh, straight geez. up. Straight up. All right. I got a question, Felipe. You mentioned that this is not 2004 anymore and the starting pitcher doesn't have to go deep anymore in games because bullpens are more specialized and, and they're just damn better. They throw harder. They they throw higher velocity. And, and Sean mentions it all the time. Some of them don't even throw fastballs. They just throw a bunch of sliders and curveballs and breaking pitches and change-ups. So you're getting all types of things from these guys now. Given that, one of Moneyball theories is that you want to get the starting pitcher on the high pitch count early so you can get to the bullpen. Does that theory still in effect since Felipe mentioned something important about modern baseball? Um. And that's the way the Cubs won, too, in 2016, being the most patient team and uh, drawing a lot of walks. No. Of course, that comes with a lot of strikeouts as well. 
Um, but uh, yeah, uh, that was their thing was we're going to wear out these starting pitchers to get to the bullpen because we have better luck against what's supposed to be, Sean, inferior pitching. Well, a year before 2016, the Royals proved that you don't need to have the dominant starting pitching. It just has to be good enough, and then you get to the bullpen, and then the bullpen shuts it down for you. So with that being said, I guess he's questioning, um, uh, do we still want these high pitch counts to come? Uh, as a hitter, do we still want these high yes. pitch counts from the starting pitchers? And, and I mean, and that's something that we're seeing from like the Mets all year too, as well as, you know, the, look at the bats they brought in both before the season and at the deadline. They're guys that don't chase and don't whiff. I mean, they're well above league average. Um, and they just just work these crazy long at bats. I mean, Nimmo's always been that way. Yeah, McNeil's yeah. been McNeil when he's not swinging first pitch, which he does sixty percent of the time. Yeah. McNeil can work a, a seven eight pitch at bat, but then yeah. you you bring in these guys, and it's not even just for like the the first game. Be like, oh, we got into the bullpen. Good. If you're looking at a three four game series, and you make the bullpen work, you're you know like the A team bullpen because a lot of these teams they have like the four guys they love and the four guys that they have to use. Yeah. If you can get to that team that they have to use in the second or third game, and you're making them pitch five, six innings a series of guys that they don't want pitching in that, that's a win. So you still got to get to the bullpen because not everyone's bullpen is full of aces, and normally those aces can't go three days in a row. So uh, you, you get them off the board as quick as you can and move from there. And it's not just that, but you also want to. Uh, you there's a, there's a thing about uh, a starting pitcher seeing the lineup for a, a second, third, or fourth time. Yeah. And the more you wear out these starting pitchers, the more pitches you get to see, and the more it becomes uh, better for the hitting lineup and more taxing for the starting pitcher that's out there. Despite the fact that yeah, this guy is going to pitch 50 innings and in two in up. Uh, He's going to throw 50 pitches in two innings, so he's going to be given the hook really soon. So we got to get what we can right now before it's too late, before you get to that bullpen guy. And even then, like Sean mentioned, in game three of a three-game or a four-game series, three-game series, whatever the case may be, yeah, that bullpen guy just threw 20 pitches the day before. His stuff's not going to be as sharp. We've seen guys, the bullpen guys, yes, they're dominant, but they're not um, They're not invincible either. They, they can be had. And they can have off nights because they're not well rested. So I guess in that respect, yeah, uh, more pitches is always good. It unfortunately it does as many as you know. I got I got to say Vince because Vince is the one who yells a lot us about this. He and I have to agree. It does come with a more boring television presentation. But modern baseball is smart baseball at this in, yeah. when it comes to that. Um, Josh Lowe, Angel says Josh Lowe has been abysmal. He got option back finally. Yes, he did. So. We talked about that. Um, Melvin, you know, he's the big international baseball fan. MJ Melendez has been uh, uh, confirmed that he will be in the World Baseball Classic. He has declared. <laughs> and he, I declare that I will play for, uh, was that Team Puerto Rico? Or is that yeah, that's, or is that Cuba? I can't tell. No, it has to be Puerto Rico, right? That has, that has yeah, that's Puerto, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Yeah. yeah, that's Puerto Rico. Uh, <laughs> Melvin, little emoji flag. <laughs> Melvin, yeah. The, well, so the problem is that these emoji flags kind of look the same. I think the Texas flag looks exactly like the Chile flag. And that's oh, really, anyway, uh, to talk about modern baseball and what do we do with pitchers? Do we want them to throw more pitches? Melvin has this to say. It's evolution. Happens. I'm for whatever makes the game better. Yeah, it makes the game better. But again, it may not be the best uh, television presentation, uh, especially if that's the prerogative that the uh, – uh, brass up in MLB HQ want to do. 
Mel, statistics are so strong about the advantage switching to the hitter dramatically a third time through that. It should be conventional wisdom by now. So, yeah, but not everybody, you know, listens to this podcast or looks at fan graphs all day like we do or, or like <laughs> oh, like some of our listeners do. I know Melvin uh, is uh, a guy who's like all over it. And not just and the thing about Melvin is that he also has this international perspective, too. So uh, he could probably tell us what is going on in Japan and why whatever they're doing they're not doing the same thing that we're doing here in the states i, I can imagine so um emmanuel rivera going to the diamondbacks uh for luke weaver we know who luke weaver is it's kind of a boring deal i mean luke weaver's been in arizona forever emmanuel rivera uh J- kansas city had too many of those third baseman second baseman types so rivera's on the move and is there anything appealing about him not really so let's go more no, you're right let's move on some power some so, literally power. like the next like three four trades are just kind of meh yeah, uh, Chris Zanglin going to Robbie Grossman. We know who Robbie Grossman is. He's, he provides depth. Robbie Grossman does provides depth for the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. Chris Anglin is a 20-year-old pitcher, left-handed, 5'11", 175-pounder. No report cards uh, over at Fangraphs. What did he do at high A for the Braves? Uh, he pitched 12 games, seven of them in starts. 10K per nine, but a five walk per nine. But he's, a, but he's a lefty, so every team's going to think that, oh, I can fix this one. <laughs> yeah, so that means he's going to pitch forever then. Yeah. He's going to 10 years from now, he's still going to be a 10-year yep. veteran. Um, Pirates acquired Johan Oviedo and Malcolm Nunez from the Cardinals. Cardinals get Jose Quintana and Chris Stratton. Chris Stratton, we know, is the big uh, burly relief pitcher who... Uh, you know, the thing about Chris Stratton is that he had major issues with Felipe Vasquez back when Vasquez was still on the team, right? I think they Wait, almost got Stratton to... did? I think Chris Stratton was that I guy. I didn't think Stratton was in the big leagues then. Yes, he was. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, you can double check my work if you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, I mean... 2016. Uh, well, he was in San Francisco, and then I guess he came to Pittsburgh in 2019. I think Vasquez was gone by then. Mm. No? I mean, look. Then you keep going. I'll look. I'll look. Yeah, I'll look. yeah. There was a... There, yeah, tell me who. Uh, what? Okay, okay. So his what, la- his last year was 2019. So yeah, they they probably overlapped that one year. Yeah, because Chris Stratton was a, a a decent prospect for the Giants. He was supposed to be a starting pitcher. That yeah. next line of uh, Madison Bumgarner, Matt Cain, Tim Lincecum, and Chris Stratton. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but there was issues between the two. They were always getting to fights. Vasquez uh, proved to be a diva, and Stratton proved to be a red ass. I would say it, Vasquez proved to be a whole lot more than a diva too. And it proved that Chris Stratton was right. <laughs> was right. <laughs> his his radar was going off. <laughs> yeah, you know, Chris Stratton, he's he's become uh, two faced, right? When we were kids, we 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 don't understand what Chris Stratton's motives are, but as adults, we now get it. We understand what Chris Stratton is. He was always the hero that we needed, but not the one that we deserved. Like, okay, so <laughs> oh boy, Johan Oviedo, where the fuck is this guy? I hate uh, Fangirls for doing big, this. Big right-handed pitcher. Uh, ah, was, he was kind of a failed prospect on their end. Yeah, I remember him. I remember him. I just don't know if... Uh... Yeah, he had really good stuff. This is a very Cardinals deal. I yeah, mean, they, yeah. Quintana pitched a contact, having a good year, older. Um, and it, it's good for St. Louis. They get, they kind of get rid of Oviedo, who had no place. And Malcolm Nunez, who uh, basically just got leapfrogged by a mile and a half by Jordan Walker. So he also had no real place in the organization at third base. Um, so yeah, I, I like this trade for the Cardinals. It, it filled spots without really compromising any sort of depth. Uh, Nunez, uh, 21 year old, uh, hit 
tool is still a work in progress. Power is still a work in progress. Raw potential power is still there, but no speed, no fielding, 40 future value, 17 home runs. Got to, you know, that's not too bad, right? 208 ISO power, uh, 13% walk rate, 20% strikeout rate. Nice little player there. Uh, is he going to be a thing? It remains to be seen. But uh, he's on the right team with the with the Pirates. If anything, um, you play first base, when, you know, keep Brian Hayes there. So. Designated hitter, man. This yeah. might be the Pirates. The H, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh, and then we talked about the other guys. Jake Odorizzi going to the Braves. Uh, and Will Smith getting jiggy with it. I think he's back with the Astros. Is that what it is? He was never with the Astros, was he? Who am I? Oh, I think I'm thinking about Will Harris. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Will, Will, Will Smith. I, I thought this trade was more of just kind of like a, a salary swap type deal. Uh, the Astros really haven't had a lefty in their bullpen all year. Um, they did not need Jake Odorizzi. They'd been running that six-man rotation when he was there. So um, just a nice little swap. Saves Atlanta some money on the, the Will Smith side. So, All right, moving on. Orioles get Kate. Oh, my God. That's a lot of players. Kate Povich, Yanier Cano, Juan Nunez, Juan Rojas for Jorge Lopez. Uh, yeah. Jorge Lopez going to the Twins. Uh, the Lopez was the uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Lopez started his career with the Royals, uh-huh. um, failed, failed starter, and then added about three miles an hour on his fastball sinker as when he went to the bullpen as a relief pitcher yeah. and was having a you know, he was an all star this year. Um, but had a six ERA coming into the year, uh, has like I think another two years of control. A lot of people thought that the Orioles got robbed here, Mm-mm. I think they made out pretty well. I mean, you got um, four lottery tickets for a a, a no a guy, a, pitcher. I don't. Well, really I mean, don't like I, I mean, he, I I really like Jorge Lopez, and I can admit I, he's having a great no. year. But you had to sell high here. You had to sell high because you can't risk him going into next year and having a five and a half, four and a half ERA, and then you get nothing. Yeah. So I mean, no, it's a nice deal for the Orioles. I mean, let's get to it then. Uh, Kate Povich is the first thing that shows up. Lefty six three one eighty five. Yep. Uh, no fastball curveball is where it's at with him. That's going to be his bread and butter change up. is still a uh, high upside pitch, but still a work in progress 35 out of 60 command. So yeah, he's still working on that future value of 40 and with the twin 16 games start 12.24 K per nine, 2.96 walk per nine ERA is high, but the peripherals say he's not that bad. So, and how's his uh, ground ball rates? 45.5%. Uh, I'm sorry, 44.3%. So that's a nice little uh, pitching prospect that the twins, acqu- uh, that the Orioles acquired there. Yeah. 22 year old high A ball. Uh, anything else you want to add about him? Before the, we the, the other three, um, Povich is the only one that kind of sees himself in any top 30, whether it's MLB, Baseball Americas, or Fangraphs. Uh, the other three, all not ranked. Uh, so it's like Minnesota, <laughs> not Minnesota. I feel like Baltimore like saw them like because I, I think they're really young too. I think they're still they're not even stateside. So well, it's like, and I really trust Baltimore like kind of what they've done so far since Michael Elias has come in. That like, what do they know about these guys that obviously nobody knows about? Because like they didn't just pick these guys' names out of a hat. Like that, no. that's not what it was. Oh no, this and, is calculated, man. I mean, yeah. the only one that's uh, the, the old guy is twenty eight years old, and Yanier Cano, and he was pitching for the Twins. Actually, he pitched ten games for the Twins. So, uh, and very disastrous results. But uh, in AAA, he did have a decent uh, strikeout per nine yeah. as a bullpen arm. But it's not, it's nothing to brag about as a bullpen person. Uh, so, but hey, future. Pen relief pitcher for the Orioles. Yeah, there. so yeah, Juan Nunez still in the complex, and uh, Juan Rojas. That's going to be confusing. Um, uh, well, Juan also, Rojas. I think, 
18 years old lefty. Uh, so that, I mean, yeah, they're, they're both still in the complex league. So, so they're just um, uh, relative babies here, but yeah, the works in progress, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, all of these guys are our pitchers, right? All four of them. Yep. Orioles. I, I think they did. A lot of people were like that return is light for what Jorge no, Lopez is doing. No. And, and I said, I, I really like that deal for them. Now that's just really damn good for them, man. You got four, uh, two lottery tickets. Kate Povich might be a thing. And Yenir Cano will solidify your bullpen in the future. So things are looking up for them. Uh, you know what it is? They, they, they created a little step for the little, for the big <laughs> hole they dug themselves in. So they got a step. Yes. And Jorge Lopez, I, I, who cares? It's Jorge Lopez. I don't. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Blue Jays acquired Zach Pop and Anthony Bass and a player to be named later for Jordan Groshans, shortstop, former top prospect, former third base top prospect. That's um, right. Who has lost all power? What little power he had, um, he was supposed to develop into it. Never did. Uh, but he's got like a pretty interesting little like solid plate approach, walks a lot, doesn't strike out a lot, good bat the ball skills. Uh, but if he's going to play shortstop, that is somewhat valuable as long as he's a good defender. Um, but if he's at third base, then no. Uh, so I, I think his profile, he's got to be a plus defender at shortstop or second base to be even a, a major league regular. And those positions are kind of blocked right now in Miami. So, oh, well, yeah. Uh, and again, my Chrome isn't working at this okay. point. Um, uh, was the Yankees got a trade in, right? Yes. Uh, so the, the guys I went back, of course, were, you know, pop and bass. I uh, don't want to, the next one was Gallo for Clayton beater. Uh, Gallo goes to the Dodgers beater 15th ranked prospect from, from the Dodgers to the Yankees. I believe no, he's a righty. I feel like there are a lot of like lefty minor leaguers traded, but not many lefty major leaguers. It was a very weird thing that I noticed. But uh, double A, um, high strikeouts, high walks. Um, so yeah, minor leaguer that strikes out a bunch, but also walks a bunch. Okay. Uh, uh, and then the, the next trade, Logan O'Hop. Oh, wow, this, this one, this one was a weird. This one came out of nowhere. Like, it was, it did. Because it's like everyone was like, Angels and Phillies are talking, and everyone's like, it's Cindergard. And, nope. um, well, they, I mean, they ended up getting Cindergard too. But it, I, I love the fact that, like, this deal was done as two separate deals. Like, did they make one and, like, just call them back later and be like, hey, what about this? Because I want to say the Cindergard one broke first, then this trade. I, I can't remember. I was at work for the deadline. Um, but, were you surprised to see the Angels trade Brandon Marsh? I kind of was, yeah, because, because I mean, I, I don't think Brandon Marsh is anybody special. I don't think he's, you know, whatever. He's just a guy. He's a he's just I, a guy. I mean, I know he's twenty four years old on their team control. Uh, and we got off to a really good start, but you know, I I, th- I thought I thought he looked kind of exposed as as yes. uh, the months went on. And uh, that's has been his downfall. So I was. And it, it was up. it was even that way in AAA. I was yeah. more shocked that the Phillies, with one of the weaker farm systems in baseball, made itself even weaker to acquire. And I I know the Phillies are going for that one of those wild card spots. I know they feel like if they can get into a wild card series, they can win it because of Wheeler and Nola, but. And I, and I know they know their defense sucks, so they had to upgrade. And Brandon Marsh yeah. is a ver- verifiable upgrade to Odubel Herrera. 
but they traded, and I guess because Real Muto's around that they don't need Ohop, but Ohop was looking nice. No, and, to, and, to, and to trade Ohop for a, a guy who just seems as flawed as Brandon Marsh. Um, well, right now, uh, Brandon Marsh is listed as a part of a platoon there, so he's not even going to play every day. But, no, like they said, have him in with like Beerling. And, or maybe even Edmundo Sosa if he. Uh, oh, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot yeah. they had Edmundo Sosa. Who else is there? No, that's it. And then, uh, uh, but yeah, Logan O'Hop, though. I mean, people were mad. Like, I know Melvin and I, we talked about it, and, and he's like, how the hell did the Cubs not be able to pull off this move? Why can't we get Logan O'Hop? And I took, let, let's 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 chill with that. All right. First of all, it's a it's a catcher. Catchers are even worse than pitchers in terms of volatility. Yeah. We've seen it time and time again here. Uh, but yeah, uh, the other thing about it is it's the Phillies. Yeah. So like the Phillies number one prospect according to Fangraphs could be someone else's like number ten, number eleven, right? Because yeah. like you mentioned, it's a dwindling farm system. Yeah. The last thing about Hop, twenty third round pick, twenty yeah. third round. And it, I know it, that he had just eked into a lot of top one hundreds this year. Ohop had. Um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I, I was shocked to hear I get it. I that get it. I'm, I don't know. It was just such a weird move. Like, I'm glad the Phillies didn't do anything stupid and trade like Painter or um, Micabell, but I All thought right. this was a weird deal. I don't That's think bad. there's anyone on the Cubs active roster. Uh, that the Phillies would have wanted so bad as to trade Ohop for. Listen, man, it's um, the Phillies, man. This, this is where prospects go and die, man. It's not, I mean, Alec Baum is finally coming onto his own little by little, but he still doesn't hit for consistent power. Bryson Stott is all over the place. He's up one one week. He's down the next week. He's all over the place as well. And that doesn't even include all. They just, I better calm myself down because the other <laughs> trade that they made was Noah Syndergaard and for Mickey Moniak. Mickey Moniak was a former what number one, no, number one, number pick. one overall. Yep. So one one. Let's chill with that. We should have had Logan O'Hop. Like, well, my my issue is is like Moniak and Marsh. Like, I feel like Moniak is just Marsh with less power. <laughs> so why did we make this deal to begin with? <laughs> it, it's um, it's um, it's a real, real sad thing that's happening. You, you know, the big splash was Bryce Harper, right? And now, but because the big splash was by Harper, and then you you uh, couple that with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, yeah, there is a this is worse than the Padres. At least the Padres, they trade all their prospects, but you know damn well that they're just gonna go back and they're gonna work double hard and and scout better and and they're gonna be, uh, what do you call it? Uh, replacing these prospects that they traded away for Juan Soto, they're gonna replace them within a year, a year and a half. The Phillies are not gonna do that. The Phillies are always gonna perpetually not going to have the um, the know-how to produce these prospects. They got lucky with this Logan O'Hop guy. Listen, power is there, wonderful batting eye. There's a reason, though, I think. There's a reason why he was a 23rd-round pick overall. Let's not get too excited. It's a catching prospect. We know that it is like 60% chance that he's not going to pan out because that's what catchers do. So let's let's, catchers do. It's a decent trade. Uh, No, I'm sorry. A a good get for the uh, Angels, and then they deserve each other. The Angels and the Phillies. The Angels, the the Phillies are everything the Angels wish they were. (laughs) Right? I wish we can have a bad farm system and get away Uh, with it. uh, But this just goes to show you, Bryce Harper is more important than Mike Trout. There, I said it. Okay, so you see where the next trade is. And, uh, and, we're, and we're already like like running so over, and we're just now getting to the big one. 
but it's it yeah we have a lot more trades to go so and then uh i keep getting badgered to hurry the fuck up and finish so sorry for the swing but this has been a very <laughs> emotional episode but here we go here's the big one the washington nationals acquired mackenzie gore cj abrams robert hassel the third james wood not to be confused with james woods <laughs> jarlin susana and luke voigt instead of eric Hosmer, luke voigt mm-hmm. And the Padres get Juan Soto and Josh Bell. I mean, I had a feeling a that Josh Bell. Deal. I had a feeling that Josh Bell is either going to be included in the Juan Soto deal to like sweeten and really like confirm that you get the prospects you want, or he was just going to go right after Juan Soto to whoever lost the Soto sweepstakes. Uh, but alas, they go together. Um, I love this trade for the Padres, man. I, I love I'm this. Not. I love this trade for the Nationals because if you are going to trade Juan Soto, you you offered obviously it was in terms of years and money, not what Juan Soto is worth. In terms of total money, maybe probably a little bit more, but yeah. that that was not like everyone's like, oh, that wasn't a fair offer to Juan Soto. Like, okay, in terms of AAV, Bryce Harper didn't get what we thought he was going to get in terms of AAV. Right, he, right. he took total money. He took total money, yeah. and um, sort of Machado, I guess, for to yeah. a certain extent, and yeah. Tatis. Yeah, and so, but this deal, uh, Washington, I think it's a great deal for them. Uh, I really, like, I, I would have liked them if they could have gotten both Gore and uh, Morejon, but I think they, the Padres, were not going to budge on those two plus uh, Harlan uh, Susana or whatever his name is. Um, but the fact that they got Abrams, Hassel, and Wood. Uh, that just seems like a coup. Uh, th- this were these were guys oh. that were all top ten prospects and number one for going back like the last three years because it was Gore and then it was Abrams and then it's Hassel uh, once uh, Abrams officially graduates. Well, here it is, man. It's I mean it's a great grab. You had to get a big sizable return. It, 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 you have to. Juan yeah. Soto is such a big name, historical once in a lifetime player. I mean, we we I've shared all the statistics that that prove that yeah. Juan Soto is a once in a lifetime player. Yes, and and and, and well, you know, then you go back. To, he's twenty three years old with a wonderful batting eye. He looks like he's a ten year veteran. Well, is he really twenty six? And then you get to that whole thing, but it doesn't matter, right? Because he's been very productive. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, the the reality check is not all of these guys are going to pan out. Not no. a single one of these no. guys is going to is going to turn into Juan Soto. There's no. just no way. No, there's the, none of them will turn into Juan Soto. Uh, uh, James Wood could turn into, you know, the, the comp everyone keeps throwing around about James Wood is William McCovey in terms of just how oh, big. Oh, come on. No, but no, like, uh, I mean, like, you could have, like, great. One of these guys will be a great power hitter. C.J. Abrams could be a great, you know, contact speed guy, steal 50 uh-huh. bases. Uh, Robert Hassel one could day, be, yeah, day. yeah. Oh, I mean, you, you know, know how I love Robert Hassel. Robert Hassel could like, be yeah. Christian Yelich before yeah. he discovered power, but it's like yeah. none of these guys will be Juan Soto. And like, I almost feel bad for the players themselves mm-hmm. having to come into the organization with kind of like it's a, a cloud over your head. Like, if I don't perform up to like Juan Soto's level, like you're gonna, say, yeah. And like, I, I, and, and, I th- and I think that's going to be a tough thing mentally. And if any of those guys like can overcome that and just play baseball, I think they'll be good. And I think them seen... getting Gore was huge because that rotation is a goddamn mess. Well, so is Mackenzie Gore. He's also a mess, <laughs> but that's more about the Padres uh, just having too many pitchers on that staff and not knowing what to do with Gore. But listen, man, we've seen these big like quantity prospect trades before all right if one of them pans out that's a that's a success the problem is 
that one guy panning out does not will never equal no. Juan Soto. If three of these guys, you'll be lucky if three of these guys pan out and they even come remotely close to Juan Soto as he goes on to the Hall of Fame. Right? I mean, because basically so. you're asking these guys to while they're all on the same team. So I think the three that can all play together most likely will be Hassel, Abrams and um, Hassel, Abrams and Gore. So you, those guys have to equate to what? Seven wins a year. Like, like you'll say that's like, uh, you get two from Abrams, two from Hassel and three from Gore. Like, and, and, but even then that's three guys just to do what Juan Soto was doing by himself. And, and two of these guys are teenagers. So they're, 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 you're not going to see these guys since like four or five years from now. No. And who knows what they'll turn into uh, really quick. Um, but yeah, we've seen the White Sox do this where everybody's bragging. Oh man, did you see the haul we got for Chris Sale? We got Yohan Mankata, Michael <laughs> Mancada has gone down. Kopech is we're Kopech's okay. Kopech's okay. He was he, he was, was he was gone for a while. <laughs> a long time. He like this is the first full season for him, and he's still like there's still it's a work in progress. Even though he's 27 years old at this point, I think uh, he's in his mid 20s already, and we're treating him like a like a 22 year old prospect, like some of these guys that we're mentioning here. Uh, um, the other one was uh, oh man, did you see we 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 we. Uh, we, we pulled one over on, on Mike Rizzo. We gave away Adam Eaton, and we got three really good starting pitchers. Okay, well, Dane Dunning's not with Texas. Ronaldo Lopez, not a single White Sox fan likes that kid anymore. And Lucas Giolito is the most enigmatic that, pitcher. I had completely forgot about that deal. Oh, you, I, White Sox fans, I, you never forget, I remember man. Giolito and Ronaldo being nationals. I forgot Dunning was. But I forgot, who the, I forgot who the trade was made for, and it was Adam. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, uh, that's one of those things where where, where I um, forgot. I, I remember that was such a big like thing at the time. You know what though, Adam Eaton got them a world championship, bro. That's all that matters. And, and that's and, and that's the thing with the Nationals that I feel like nobody can really at this point like. Okay, yeah, they traded Juan Soto. Juan Soto got them their their ring. Uh, you know, Trey Turner got them their ring. Max Scherzer got them their ring. Okay, Steven Strasburg. Don't forget him now. Yeah, well, th- that was the mistake. They should have. <laughs> they should have yeah. traded Strasburg. Well, actually, they couldn't because he was. Well, you know what? Stuff. Looking, uh, I, w- I wanted to point this out. Looking back, maybe the reason that Rizzo gave Strasburg all that money was because he knew that he was there was no way in hell he was going to be able to sign um, Juan Anybody Soto. Else? Yeah, or Juan Soto. More importantly, or, or Anthony Rendon. Good. Yeah, good point. And, and especially for and so maybe the Strasburg extension was relatively cheap compared to everybody else. But go ahead and finish your thought there. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, and it's just so like, okay, they got the ring and the guys that were a part of that core were not going to stay. Yeah. So they had to rebuild and they went about doing that. And I'd rather a team, even if it doesn't work out 100% of the time, I'd rather a team when they trade like these huge pieces, trade for guys that are going to help you like soon. Like don't don't punt it down the road and acquire you know some eighteen year old prospect like right. and then when they traded Trey and Max last year and they got back Kaber Ruiz and jo- Josiah Gray like yeah. boom those guys are in the majors they're, those guys they're are ready to go yeah. yeah uh really quick James Wood uh six seven two hundred forty pound nineteen year old he's this- massive he and he's no, actually no. where's his birth certificate I want to see it <laughs> I don't believe you I don't believe you. <laughs> I need to go to the records, to the Hall of Records. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the fact I, I really like James Woods last year when he was on the complex, he was doing awesome. And then uh, everyone was like, yeah. And so I was really high on him and he started the year in the complex, I believe. 
or I can't remember what exactly it was, but started striking out a bunch. And then this year, uh, 15% walk rate. I mean, it, it is still only a ball. It is only a ball. I, I try yeah. not to get too hyped over these guys. But the thing that we got to look at, Sean, is he's 19 years old and he's already made these massive corrections. So yeah, uh, that's not only speaks that the fact that he's a, a not, no, no, the first thing you got to talk about is his physical attributes. But the second thing is there's a maturity level there. 17.8 strikeout parade compared to last year where he was at 36%. Uh, that's massive. And he's still yeah. productive because you know what happens, Sean? A lot of these guys who cut back in the strikeouts, all of a sudden they don't know how to hit home runs anymore. Yeah. The other thing about James Wood before you go on here, 10 home runs, 15 stolen bases with the Padres this year. That's insane. This guy's basically a faster version of Aaron Judge, maybe? Could be. And he's oh, left-handed. And he's that, means left-handed. You're, that, oh, means well. gonna, that means you're not going to like him. <laughs> oh, never mind. Fail. Fail. Uh, so the other teenager was Harlan Susana, uh, nine, 18 years old, right-handed. Another big motherfucker. <laughs> 235. I want to see this birth certificate. I mean, as you know, Sean, my kid, <clears throat> 99 percentile uh, in height for two-year-olds. You know that, right? Oh. <laughs> so that means Harlan Susana must have been 120 per, uh, percentile in heights when he was two years old. Anyway, um, so far the, for the Padres, uh, well, well, let me get to his grades. 70 uh, fastball. Did I get to the grades for James Wood? Does it matter? Uh, no, it doesn't really matter. He, okay, he's well, he, He's going to be probably really good. All right. Maybe, just, maybe. Put put guarantees on all these guys. But no, Susana, 65 out of 70 fastball grade. So that, look that, check that out. 65 out of 70 as an 18-year-old. That's insane. 50 out of 60 slider. The change of, it needs to work on. The command is also a work in progress. 40 plus future value. And as always, Sean, we got to say, those future values are not stagnant. They can change from year to year. Mm-hmm. And in the, the complex down there in, the, in San Diego, 29 innings pitch, all uh, seven starts, eight games. So one bullpen game for him, 13 and a half K per nine, 3.38 walk per nine. So yeah, it looks and, really good for the and, Nationals and he, so he, he was a guy that um, apparently the Nationals would not budge. Mm-hmm. Like, like he was, we're not making the deal unless you guys throw him in with everybody else. And I'm like, I, I always thought that was funny when it comes to trades like this that are like so massive. Yeah. And then you, you say, oh, if you don't give me that last piece, we're not doing any of it. We it's will like kill it, you. <laughs> and then at that point, it kind of you know puts the the onus back on the other team. Like, okay, whatever. Like, there you go. But, and then uh, the last guy, Robert Hasselthorpe, we talked about uh, exclusively about him in a, uh, a different episode of this year so far. Uh, he was one of my guys from the uh, May prospect show, I believe. And you mentioned it. Yeah, he reminds me. He's the next line of uh, my Yellich. infatuation with Christian Yellis. So it's Christian Yellis, Jack Peterson, uh, Josh Lowe. There was a guy before Josh Lowe, and I can't remember his name. But, yeah, these these outfielders that I fall in love with, like, yeah, he's going to be the next Christian Yelich. And it's funny, just like Christian Yelich, uh, in the minors, uh, he's hit the ball on the ground way too much. But it's one of those, yep. like, sweet swinging. like, And it's like he almost places the ball, uh, kind of like how Christian Yelich can easily go opposite field um, and hassles the same way. Uh, as long as he can avoid, I mean, because in San Diego this year, he had a ground ball percentage over 53 slightly over 53%. Um, it's just one of those swings where you know he's going to hit, but where where is the power going to end up? And mm. the Marlins kind of gave up on Yelich's power. 
and Yelich goes and whether Yelich was stealing signs, cheating, whatever. Or, um, or just simply or, going to a better or, ballpark. Yeah, or going to a better better ballpark. I mean, yeah. granted, there was a pretty dynamic shift between him and Miami and him and Milwaukee in terms of the batted ball uh, yeah. as well and his profile for that. But yeah, Hassel, I, I knew you were going to say like because I feel like Yelich is the easiest comp for him. Just the sweet oh, swing, kind of just he it's knows there. he knows how to hit. He's part of that lineage, man. I'm convinced. The other guy before Hassel and Josh Lowe, Jared Kalenic. Yeah. So the, 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 there, there it is. So it goes Yelich, Peterson. Uh, fuck, I forgot. Jared Kalenic, Josh Lowe, and now Robert Hassel the third. See, Josh yeah. Lowe, like, I I don't think I could put in that because I Josh Lowe to me, Josh Lowe and Jock, I always felt like we're going to strike out a bunch seeing their swings. Uh, but and, they, they were promising, especially Josh. Oh, yeah, Jack they, they were. They were very promising. But I really, I, I, I think. Yelich and Hassel are more of like that contact over power while low and jock were more power over hit. Um, so, uh, all right. Uh, let me see. I got to get going soon. Let me yep. see how many traits I can do. So um, if there's a question I have, I'll just ask you, but the next trade Mets get Darren rough. So a uh, nice little right-handed uh, um, uh, bat off the bench or even yep. uh, as a platoon. Uh, JD Davis is gone. Oh my god, going to oh, the he, he's, he's already hit two home runs. He had a monster shot in Oakland last night. Oh, and nice. I, I'll say this I, the Mets overpaid in quantity on this deal, but they didn't overpay in quality. They have been said multiple times they weren't going to trade really the top three or really the top five. And the arms that are outside the top five are guys like Matt Allen, Calvin Ziegler, guys that they really like. Yeah, I, I think that was the deal holding up David Robertson to the Mets. I think the Mets wanted or the Cubs wanted Allen or Ziegler or Dominic Camel. Um, and that wasn't going to happen. But so far, Darren Ruff, Daniel Vogelbach and Tyler Naquin, the Mets three trade deadline acquisitions have combined for 22 hits, four home runs, four doubles, a triple, nine walks, 14 strikeouts, 13 RBIs. That all comes out to a 192 WRC plus when both Dominic Smith and J.D. Davis combined for a WRC plus of around like 70, 80 something. So uh, Mets, not a flashy deadline, especially with this deal. But Darren Ruff crushes lefties. That's a good deal, man. Yeah. When you combine Vogelbach and Ruff, you basically get a better J.D. Martinez, especially this year. J.D. Martinez has been one of the worst players in baseball the last two months. Mets fans were clamoring for J.D. <laughs> Martinez. And I'm like, guys, Ruff plus Vogelbach is like so much better than J.D. Martinez, like, like especially if it's just going to be D.H. Like these guys like Ruff can play first base, a little bit of the outfield. Vogelbach yeah, yeah. is just going to be first base D.H. But yeah. so far, good returns on the Mets deal, including Darren Ruff. And then uh, Nick Nick Zwack and I, I really I, I I really like so I, I I like Zwack but you know these are the guys that got to go Carson Seymour Thomas Chapuki Thomas Chapuki is the other guy uh, along with Robert Hassel that we mentioned on our prospect show in May which Sean we're due for another one man we, we yeah. gotta do another one coming up uh, Philadelphia gets David Robertson for Ben Brown the Cubs get Ben Brown Ben Brown another uh, adds more depth to the pitching uh, I think uh, he's a, has a little bit better numbers than Hayden Wisniewski in terms of the strike you know how I like it man yeah. big strikeouts low walks I like that yeah so, I mean the, the thing here was everyone's like oh Ben Brown was ranked 26 how Mets fans mainly how could the Mets not beat the <laughs> Phillies 26 prospect and I'm like do you guys really think that the organize, organizations are out here making decisions and putting values on players based on what MLB says they're ranked at god no 
Ben Brown is six foot six. He was the, I think, fifth or sixth ranked prospect in the Phillies organization by Baseball America. He's been doing this a little bit longer and a little bit better than MLB. He's um, 25 now. And, and it, I think, I believe this is the Cubs now. He's 25th now. That's he, how weak the Phillies pump system yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. And Phil, with the Phillies, he was like 25, 26. Um, oh, okay. but, uh, yeah. And then he was six in Baseball America for, but he's six foot six, throws like 95, 97, just like sits there. Like it's not, he doesn't ramp it up to 97. He just sits there. So obviously, anytime you have something like that, he's also the walks have come under control. I think this, this was a great trade for the Cubs. Um, everyone, yeah. a good, good get for a rental. I mean, to get a, no, no, throw, a pitcher like that, that's a good I get. I agree. I agree there. Uh, Victor Acosta, shortstop, uh, going to the Reds from the Padres. Oh, no, the Padres trading another the prospect. Oh, what are we going to do about Victor Acosta? And, and of course, J- Brandon Jury in his first uh, game as a Padre. Grand Slam. Slam Diego. And I'm telling you, man. I mean, 18-year-old, though, uh, Victor Acosta going to the um, Reds. So now he's there with Nova Marte. And who's the other guy that they got from the Mariners? Um, um, the shortstop. Um no, of you marked. Oh, uh, Edwin Arroyo. Edwin Thank Arroyo. Thank you. So now you got as, Victor Acosta. As what well are... as Ellie De La Cruz. Oh, nice. What are we going to do with all these shortstops? Oh, my God. What are we going to do? <laughs> well, some of them are going to play third base. Some of them are going to play second base, center field. And one of them is going to get traded for a key veteran. Oh, by the <laughs> way, Ben Brown, fastball slider, uh, fastball curveball, and uh, nothing else. So there's another reason why um, uh, he was rated so low, despite uh, getting off to a good start this year. Well, it's funny because Ty- I was looking at Tyler McGill's uh, fan graphs page. And prospect report, they only had him as fastball slider too. And um, he has oh, cur- curveball. Yeah. I just want to point that out. Curveball. Oh, oh yeah, well yeah, but they only had McGillis two pitches, and yeah, he's yeah, yeah. coming to the league with three. So, uh, Victor Acosta, uh, not hitting for much power uh, this year, but yeah, guy who can walk very. He's he's pretty young too, right? Eighteen years old. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Sandy Leon. So just what the Twins needed, another catcher, Sandy Leon, and they all they had to give up was some guy named Ian Hamilton, who was listed <laughs> as a relief pitcher. Uh, any quick tidbits about Ian Hamilton you want to share? There? No, no, not really. No. <laughs> How old is Ian Hamilton? Where's he going? The Guardians. He's going to the Cleveland Guardians. Where the hell are the Cleveland Guardians? I can't find. Dude, He's I'm a relief gonna... pitcher under control for the next four years. So that sounds like Cleveland. Oh, okay, man. Yeah, sounds... <laughs> oh, and yeah, if anybody can fix him, it's going to be them. Uh, who's next? Jake Lamb, uh, going to the Mariners hometown kid coming back home. Uh, I, I was surprised by this cause Jake Lamb was actually doing pretty well in LA felt as a platoon DH. And I didn't really think Seattle needed this, but, uh, Los Angeles gets a little bit of money and, uh, opens up a 40 man roster spot. Well, and not just that. Yeah. They got the best player of all time. Cash considerations going back mm-hmm. to the Dodgers, uh, Toronto. Oh, this one was hilarious. <laughs> With Merrifield going to the Blue Jays, now he's going to get vaccinated. Jackass. Uh, <laughs> the players that go back to the Royals are Samad Taylor and Maximo Castillo. Maximo Castillo, didn't he play for the Blue Jays already in the big league club this year? Yes, he did. With disastrous um, results, I think. Something like that. And Samad oh. Taylor, uh, kind of an interesting prospect. Um, kind of profiles a lot like Merrifield. Just kind of a utility guy, good mm-hmm. speed. Um, so no, he actually, uh, Castillo had a three ERA in 20 innings, nine games, two of them starts, uh, 23 years old. Yeah. 23 years old could be, uh, an adequate starter when it's all said and done. And then Samad Taylor also, oh, now he's 24. He, oh, he just turned 24 last month. Okay. 24, yeah. 5, 10, 160. Uh, so yeah, I, I see where you're getting the Whitmerfield comps there. Yeah. And he had a huge year last year where he really tapped into some power, but started striking out almost a little bit too much. Um, and double A, and this year kind of brought it back down to what he normally does. And uh, 
good, like I said, good speed, plays multiple positions. So uh, it's the, a very Kansas City guy. And the uh, Blue Jays are not done. They also get Mitch White and Alex Jesus. Mitch White also has played so far this year, right? Uh, yeah, he's uh, made many spot starts for the Dodgers. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he just started for the, the Blue Jays last night, so. Yeah, the next version of Ross Stripling going to the Blue Jays. There you go. Uh, Mitch White. And then Alex Jesus is a 20-year-old shortstop. Nick Frosso is oh. the guy going to the Dodgers, and he's 23 years old. What, love love yeah. Nick Frosso. Yeah. Uh, Big-bodied pitcher. Already already playing 100, or already hitting 100 with ease. And then he goes to the – and he's not walking. He doesn't walk guys. Like when you got a guy that throws so hard and so good and then he doesn't walk guys and – Oh, the, it, it pains me because the Dodgers should not be allowed to have this guy. Uh, they, he is they too are, good. Uh, they are the creme de la creme in terms of player development yeah, scouting. Yeah. 0.7 ERA uh, in 25 innings in A ball and in 11 innings in high A, 0.82 yeah. ERA. Uh, walks per nine are just minuscule. Strikeouts are north of 12 13 per nine 14 sometimes yeah, and let me ask I mean, you so you said 100 miles per hour for this kid yeah yeah so just to show you that these prospect grades and these prospect rankings they're dynamic they always change because players change and develop and right now the fan graphs grade 45 out of 55 fastball 40 out of 45 curveball 40 out of 50 change up 30 out of 40 cutter 30 out of 50 command 40 future value if sean is fawning over this kid I, I think sure I think he's going to be so good. Those numbers and, are going to go up. And the fact and the fact that the Dodgers like got him like is just one of those things. All right. Uh, what's next? Brent Rooker uh, for Cam Gallagher. Oh, the Padres got Cam Gallagher. Okay. Uh, the catcher. Uh, yeah, needed was, a ba- uh, the San Diego needed, I guess, a backup. But Brent Rooker played catcher too. So like, if you needed a backup catcher, why didn't you just put Rooker there? I don't know because. Cam Gallagher has recent experience and Brent Rooker's list as an outfielder. So, uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I know he played some catcher though. Okay. Well, um, they wanted Cam Gallagher. Uh, oh, so Rooker's 27 years old as well. Uh, they, well, the Padres obviously wanted Cam Gallagher, who is 29 years old yeah. and has been backing up uh, Salvador Perez oh, for a long time. Okay. Rooker has not played catcher. I was thinking of uh, Jeffers, Ryan Jeffers. Oh, other, yeah, and, he, and, he's, and he's hurt. Uh, and, yeah. and he's okay. with the Twins, by the way, not the okay. Royals. Uh, Tucker Davidson going to the Angels, and so does Jesse Chavez, which <laughs> I don't get this deal. But Rice Lee Iglesias going to the Braves. So. That, that, this was a straight salary dump. I don't care what Clearly. people say. Like, it's just it, it, it angers me that Atlanta was able to get him basically just by taking on a salary, which, yeah. of course, basically replaces Will Smith's salary. Um, mm. they, they matched up pretty close this year, and Iglesias under control for the next, I think, three years. So, very interesting trade. And the Tucker Davidson, uh, I think he's still twenty five. He, he's technically he's technically still a prospect, but yeah, no, no, he's uh, not. Yeah, but, he, he's uh, giving the me the there. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Jesse Chavez, longtime relief pitcher. No. Okay, <laughs> uh, Boston gets Eric Hosmer, <laughs> and for our and for and for their troubles, they also get Corey Rosier and Max Ferguson, and of course the best player at the trade deadline. That Cash they can get. considerations. You're goddamn right. And then the Padres get former uh, highly touted prospect Jason Groom. Yeah, it has dealt with a lot of injuries. I'm shocked that the Boston actually included him in this deal that they couldn't have given up anybody with, you know, less upside. Uh, I thought that was interesting. So I thought oh. that was so I, I don't know the money side of how much San Diego sent to Boston for Hosmer or with Hosmer, mm-hmm. but um, pretty good get to get groom. Yeah, and then Max Ferguson, uh, middle infielding prospect. A lot of speed is the thing, but there's nothing else much uh, there. 
but the speed is a 70 grade. Corey Rozier is an outfielder, also uh, 22 years old. Speed is a thing for Corey Rozier, but not much of else. So they got two speed guys, young speed guys there. The Red Sox did. Uh, Austin Romine, <laughs> our guy, Austin Romine, <laughs> big controversial uh, topic last year, going to the car, uh, going to the Reds for cash considerations. Uh, the Yankees get Harrison Bader for Jordan Montgomery. That which, deal uh, was so weird. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, if that if they turn around and pivot and get Pablo Lopez, okay, the good good deadline for Cashman. But trading all that pitching depth and Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader, uh, they realize th- that then it really makes sense. They realize that Aaron Hicks is going to get hurt too, so they might as well have Harrison Bader, who I believe is also <laughs> who all, who's also hurt. Yeah. What's his injury there? Do you know? Uh, the I think it's I think it's a shoulder off the top of my head, but I'm not mm. sure. Moving on, we just mentioned Mickey Moniak and. Uh, going to the uh, oh, it's angels, his, it's, it's his foot. It's his foot. Oh, okay. which is basically the shoulder of your lower body. I mean, <laughs> no, no, I get it. Like, Bader's supposed to be a fast guy, and yeah. you can't be fast if you have a foot. But anyway, uh, Mickey <laughs> Moniak. We just mentioned him, uh, the former number one pick overall, going to the Angels. So does Jadiel Sanchez, who is a twenty-one year old outfielder as well. Noah Syndergaard going to the Phillies there. So uh, Daniel Sanchez is the guy I'm not aware of, but 6'2", 185, 21-year-old. Uh, still a work, way work in progress there. Speed might be the thing, but it's not uh, showing up in terms of the uh, counting stats. So Syndergaard in front of the Phillies defense is not going to be good. That's going to be very bad. Yeah, well, that's I am here for that. Uh, Kirk Casale and Matt Boyd. Matt Boyd? The Matt Boyd? He was in San Francisco rehabbing. He had a shoulder, not shoulder, elbow operation. Mm-hmm. That the uh, San Francisco, it's kind of. I think there's an option for next year in case he didn't really pitch this year. Um, so Seattle kind of building up. Hopefully, if anything, down the stretch, you mm-hmm. throw him in the bullpen and you have a nice lefty. Uh, Michael Striffler and Andy Thomas going to the Giants there. Stifler, Stifler got traded. Yeah, he got traded for uh, someone else's mom. Uh, <laughs> Detroit gets Sawyer Gibson. Uh, and Michael Fulmer going to the Twins. So Twins uh, bolstering that bullpen. Yep. Sawyer Gibson, how old is he? He is 24, supposed to be a starting pitcher. Uh, Michael Givens, that's a decent guy, get for you guys. Michael Givens yep. going to the Mets for Saul Gonzalez, who's also a pitcher. Go Eight, ahead. Like 18, 19-year-old pitching prospect. 22, man. Oh, oh, is he? Oh, I, th- I thought he was still like Listen, a really man. low ball. Listen, bro, you don't work for the Mets. You don't have to sell me no. on Sal Gonzalez's age, okay? Ooh, I know 20... what you're trying to do. Okay, so he's an a- he. Okay, he was in the <laughs> complex league last year. He's a ball this year. Yeah, I, th- I thought he. Was, I thought he was still in the complex. Yeah, uh, big strikeouts, low walks. So the Cubs are have a thing going here. That's a. That's a. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Only one start this year. Interesting. Oh, oops, I didn't see that. Uh, oh, that, <laughs> that is interesting. Uh, we don't have time to talk about that, but yes, so far. Uh, no, he anyway. We don't have time. Yep. We gotta get going. Sorry, yep. I, I was curious about sorry, Gibson, but uh, yeah, more of the same. Oh, wow. Okay, so in double A with the Tigers, 12.6 strikeout per nine, 1.80 walk per nine. So, some promise there going to the Tigers because they need it because all their pitchers, all their promising pitchers are hurt. <laughs> Let's look at this crap right here. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal, yeah, I didn't realize they, he was still here. Yeah, he was also on the, the Giants, signed him even though he was hurt rehabbing i think there's an option for next year uh the same situation uh but yeah trevor rosenthal and i believe uh the next trade met bush those were the two guys that were acquired that made uh denelson lamette kind of expendable interesting wow okay so this is how you balance the fact that you traded away one of the best premieres relief pitches 
in this current era. Uh, Tristan Peters, uh, I think, waiting for this stupid thing to load up. Left a outfielder, uh, nothing to brag about in terms of the prospect grades. Um, yeah. That controls the strikeouts and, and can walk a lot. Then uh, you mentioned it, Matt Bush going to the uh, Brewers for Mark Mathias and Antoine Kelly. You like yeah. those guys or no? Uh, Mathias came up and was like a nice utility player for him last year when they were kind of short and mm-hmm. Kesson here forgot how to hit a baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know much about Kelly. Uh, um, Kelly, 60 fastball, 60, 70 slider. Ooh, okay. Another le- another minor league lefty. Yeah, and, and yet no actual lefty aside from Will Smith and that one dude was traded. And uh, walk control problems of the wazoo for Antoine Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're almost done here. Jeremy Beasley going to the uh, Pirates for cash considerations for to the Blue Jays. Uh, the Oakland Athletics get Carlos Gorate uh, from the Cardinals. Cardinals get Austin Allen and the couple. Oh, okay. Oh, we're already in August. I'm not going to mention this August yeah. six moves. Okay. Yeah. So, so I actually, areas... I actually like St. Louis getting Austin Allen. Yeah. I, I, I liked Austin Allen. I just, Lefty hitting catchers that you don't see too many of them, and I want them all to do well. Oh, well, that's so sweet of you. Yeah. yeah. And also, then, uh, Yadier Molina replacement, right? Yadier Molina replacement. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. I guess he's so easily replaceable. Oh, oh, so he has a 50, also now has a 56% strikeout rate and 16 oh. plate appearances with oh, Oakland this oh, year. I love, I love Austin Allen. I always like hey, Austin Allen. Hey, oh, in, no. in, in eight plate appearances last year, he had a 134 WRC plus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was, we were big hey, fans of small samples. I hey, hey, lefty power. He's always shown it at every level, except, it, the, except the major league level. He's my you know, the, but... the, one that, the one that's most important. The left-handed Mike Zunino, got it. Hey, listen, man, um, thank you. If you if you made it this far, thanks for listening. There was a lot of trades to cover. Um, you know, we were supposed to, I was supposed to be out like half hour ago, but uh, appreciate Sean uh, humoring me a little bit here. Um, you have a podcast tonight? Oh, uh, yeah, I believe so. Uh, we'll have it posted in Baseball Life just like this one. So we'll see you there. All right. I am Felipe. That is Sean. Hope you enjoy the show, and we'll see you next time.